Blog Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Trey. Y'all know what time it is. It is time for In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live. Oh, it's it's Thursday. It's such an unusual day for us. On a Thursday night, December the 20th, 2018, I'm Dre, he's Jay. It's time for our big football party. We got two hours live to break down whatever we want to talk about for week 15 last weekend in the NFL, and then we get ready to make our live picks for the upcoming weekend, week 16, which if you're new to the show or haven't been keeping up, the reason we're doing it so early this week is because I am headed out of town, going on a big Christmas cruise, leaving out and going to be in New Orleans tomorrow and getting ready to sail out of New Orleans on Saturday. So I will not be around starting tomorrow. So we're getting the picks out of the way tonight. And that's all the excuses that I can scrounge up. It's it's early. I, I don't have a great beat on anything. So if my picks are terrible, then that's what I'm going to blame it on. And it's making these picks so early. So it's all the cruise's fault. Uh, but anyway, uh, week 15 uh, had a lot of uh, interesting events happen, and uh, Jason and I will get into that right now. Jay, uh, where'd you want to start off? What stood out to you in, in week 15? Week 15 was one of those great weeks where we both get to claim geniusness over the other. One, you know, one of those weeks where I believe we both, what we both, I believe we tied for the week. Both went seven, eight, and one. Yeah. But, you know, managed to pull off you know, like some good picks over the other. Um, I always like those kind of weeks. I like those weeks where, you know, you saw some things right and I saw some things right. And I'm, I'm, I'm still pulling you back down to me here. Um, you know, your, your percentages are dropping a lot more than mine, which is, which is what I need here going into the playoffs for sure. Yeah. It's, it's only so far I can go. It's only so high I can put my percentage before they start falling down. I, yeah. I, to, to keep up what I've been doing, I would have to really uh, have have some historic weeks in, in week 15, 16, and 17. So uh, I, I was due to come down, as you would say. Yeah, and both our locks failed. Um, yes. <laughs> imagine that. You, you have Buffalo, uh, who who can barely cover – uh, in 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 their game, and then I had the Saints who could have covered, but then they have the two point conversion go horribly wrong, and that turns that what could have been a seven point game into a three point game. So, eh. and uh, I guess the news out of that game is that the Panthers have now shut down Cam Newton for the rest of the year with his bad shoulder. But but I thought he wasn't hurt. He wasn't on the injury report, so he was all he good. Did. Nothing to see here, yeah. folks. Which I am going to give us both full credit for calling the BS on that one. Oh, that smelled from here. You could you could yeah. smell that. Yeah, I mean, I, we were stunk. you know we were texting each other, talking about it, joking about it, like, oh, so all of a sudden Cam Newton's or so shoulders miraculously healed. He's better now. Uh, okay, 
So yeah, Carolina goes with a backup this week and probably gets better production out of their quarterback because they're putting in the guy who they were basically replacing Cam Newton for for all the downfield throws. Right, the guy who actually has the arm that could make the throws down there. Tyler Henneke, Taylor, what, what the hell is Heineken? Heineken? Uh, Tyler Heineken. Uh, yeah. Got a great beer promotion coming. I like that. I like the name. But, yeah, basically just putting in a guy with a healthy arm, I guess that's an upgrade. Because that was six in a row, six losses in a row for the Panthers, who were a month and a half ago, they were destined for the Super Bowl. And then they started playing some Tom Petty, and they were free falling. Oof. Yeah, it got it got it got ugly quick. So uh, they're 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 done for. I don't think they're coming back from this unless uh, I, I don't know. Are they officially out of it? I think they're still hanging on by a thread, but I think that's just one of those where everybody's kind of written them off. Yes, the Panthers technically are still alive for a playoff spot. Yeah, uh, but but in the like in the point zero 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 something percent chance. Yeah, they have the chance that Cleveland had last week. That's that's the right. Panthers now. So the Carolina Panthers now basically need to win out and have everybody in front of them just completely lose everything. So Minnesota, Philadelphia, and Washington just have to lose all their remaining games, and Carolina has to win them both. So yeah, it'd be easy, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. you, you love it when the path is easy and you can see exactly what you need. That's all you need to have happen. No problem. Yeah, no, no problem. problem. Piece of cake. I, I do believe, though, that I'm gonna, I'm completely on record that whoever gets that sixth seed in the NFC is the Saturday afternoon wildcard game. Uh, that would be a, a good guess. Uh, I know gonna it's going to be... be at Chicago most likely, and the Bears are going to yeah. be a draw because that's a big market. But the AFC matchups, I think, are a lot more compelling. Um, you know, and although we, we, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too far from, you know, if, if Tennessee sneaks in, I guess that would Tennessee always trumps. That Tennessee is the trump card. If, if Tennessee sneaks into the playoffs here, then they, automatically they get that spot. The Titans are playing in their home spot in Saturday afternoon at 4.30 Eastern time. They're actually playing this coming yeah. week 16 in that spot. So they're getting their practice in right now. In preparation of their potential playoff game, we're going to put them in that same slot that they're so accustomed to playing to. Uh, when, when, and, and it'll still draw a massive rating. But it's the first, <laughs> it's the first game of wildcard weekend. It's a big deal. Yeah, we figured that out years ago, that they take the crappiest game of the playoff yep. weekend and put that first because they know it's playoff football and everyone's going to be jazzed up for it. So let's put the worst matchup first and get that out of the way. And then we have quality football the rest of the weekend. It's, it's a great yep. move. So, yeah, totally uh, totally on board with that. Tennessee again, uh, I guess it would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Titans and the, the renaissance of Derrick Henry. Man, just balling. Uh, it's so easy to follow the trends of, of a team that's doing something like that as well. Obviously, the Titans are trending way up in the run game. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. need stats to figure that one out, folks. And, and also, though, the, the trend wasn't just that uh, Derrick Henry is just turned back into a complete monster and has made the Titans suddenly look a lot more formidable as they go to New York and just shut out the Giants. That was the uh, the more surprising part to me was that the defense uh, pitches a shutout. 
I was actually on the losing end of both shutouts this weekend, so I was oh, just sitting there with yes, my you were. my palms are in the air, like I I don't know, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I believe I had both of those. The, the Giants and the, when the Cowboys yeah, the Giants. couldn't find a single point no. in Indianapolis. Yeah, and that was that really just felt like a letdown type game. Like the Cowboys started believing their own publicity and their own press, and I think the Colts were really the Colts are really still playing for something here, and and they showed up. Uh, you, I gotta give you gotta give the Colts uh, complete credit. Now Dallas self destructed in a lot of ways, um, but but it, it was more of a you know they they, they were putting on more of the. Uh, Masterclass, and this is why you don't trust the Dallas Cowboys. It was. Uh, it was also a, a masterclass in let's put together how how many productive yards drives can we put together that result in absolutely nothing. Like they did that about four or five times. They put together really good drives, and they, they looked good in different parts of the drive, whether it was the throwing or the the running. Uh, they found a way to look like they were competent and look like they knew what they were doing and got the ball down the field and then somehow looked around and said, wait a minute, we, we can't we can't score here. We can't get any points. We have to find a way to, to completely screw up this drive and come away with nothing, whether you get a field yeah. goal blocked or uh, get a sack and get knocked out of field goal range. Just somehow, some way, we're going to find a way to come away with no points on these drives. Yeah, so – Another one where, but another, yeah, and just another weird spot. You know, both of those NFC, AFC, I'm sorry, AFC South teams uh, pitching shutouts, and, and, and this goes to the to the sneakiness of how good and how competent the AFC South teams are going to be. Should some of them, you know, we, we may only get one AFC South team in the playoffs if it's Houston, but Indy and Tennessee, they're both there. They're knocking on the door. One of them could sneak into that sixth spot, and I just don't know. I've just got this weird feeling like you got these teams that are getting hot late, and then the the trend is also now towards these teams that you know shot out like wildfire, and are starting to now all of a sudden look like really shaky, you know. And, and how much trust can you have in the Rams? Even though I I had the Eagles, I believe straight up in that game, I liked the Eagles in that spot to kind of pull the upset. But the Rams look shaky, the Saints look shaky, the Chiefs look shaky. All these high-flying offenses now are all of a sudden starting to get eclipsed by, oh, guess what? It's late December. Good defenses. And all the teams that are playing, all the teams that are the hottest teams now going into the postseason have good defenses. Baltimore, Houston, Tennessee, um, you know, just right there. The Bears, you know, the Cowboys even. Good Seattle, good defenses. These teams are going to be really tough outs. A lot of them are going to be lower seeds, but the, the, these high-flying offenses just aren't scaring anybody anymore, and they're, they're also getting into low-scoring games. Yeah, they're having to find a way to grind things out, and they're yeah. not necessarily used to that. The Saints, I think, are the veteran team that can grind out a low-scoring game. They've proven that early in the year. I was impressed with how they were uh, specifically trying to focus on the run game and trying to control the clock and, and not trying to just go bombs away all the time and, and showing a new way to win football games completely confirming my bias as to picking New Orleans to win the Super Bowl before the season began. They're showing you they have so many different facets that they can win games in many different ways. 
The Rams, not so much right now. So, no. uh, and, and the and, and the Chiefs, as awesome as they've been, eh, they've kind of shown a few chinks here and there as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's boiling down to that time of year where you're going to have to find some defense if you want to keep contending. Yeah, so uh, we watched the Packers sort of unceremoniously get bounced from the playoffs, but I'm not going to do the the ESPN thing here and do the, you know, what's wrong with, with Aaron Rodgers thing. I'm going to be a little bit more definitive and just come out and say something's wrong <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers. If you know, to the casual football fan, they'd, they'd think that this was a Bears defensive squish over the Bears, over the Packers, I mean, or somebody who just looked at the score went, oh, you know, the Packers offense didn't show up. Rodgers was missing wide open dudes for that whole game. And if that's vintage Aaron Rodgers, the Packers walk away with that game. I don't know if you saw it the same way. I didn't see it at all. It wasn't in my market and and the highlights really didn't do it justice. So you, you definitely have to uh, fill in the gaps there because the highlights showed, you know, Khalil Mack with with the ass sack and uh, and the the interceptions and the the bears defense uh, taking over. Yeah, but they're not showing you missed throws. That's the one thing I guess you're not going to get in a, a normal highlight package is missed wide-open right. throws. And at that point when the Bears had come back from – I mean, the Packers had come back from being way down and tied that at 17, you kind of felt – you know, I, I believe the words I used when because we had that game on in my work, I believe the words I used were, oh, daddy's home, because that's kind of the, the feeling that you got. You know, like the Bears were all of a sudden like, oh, no, mm-hmm. not again. You know, here they come, and and the Packers had chances. I mean, Aaron Rodgers missed a, about a fifty-yard bomb to a wide-open receiver downfield, and, and just missed them. Had a had a, a, a series later in the game where on back-to-back throws, back-to-back throws, missed wide-open wide receiver. And he's been doing this all year, bouncing throws, overthrowing guys. Now, now obviously he's dealing with the bad leg. Um, they said that he might have. Uh, pulled something or hurt himself a little bit on a play right before halftime. But this is clearly not vintage Aaron Rodgers that we've seen all year. Is he, maybe he's just not completely 100% invested this year. He's looked checked out at times. I I know I accused him of that during the, uh, the game that got Mike McCarthy fired when they played against the the Cardinals, but the, the game was there. The game was right there for them. And if that was, you know, like I said, if that's vintage Aaron Rodgers, the Packers win that game. So was he getting a lot of heat or pressure, or was he? Did he have a, a pocket around him when he was missing these throws? Or no, no, uh, there was there was no reason for him to be missing these throws. I wouldn't hmm. give I wouldn't give crap to this. Wasn't like what Tom Brady was doing against the Steelers, where there were dudes in his face the whole game, and hmm. he was forcing a lot of bad throws. I mean that that was that was hard to watch. Steelers getting after Brady kind of statuesque back there and then just watching the heaves. So he was throwing up some rookie heaves. No, Rodgers wasn't doing that. Rodgers was clean on these missed throws. Hmm. So that was my takeaway from the game was that, yeah, the Bears did good in the defensive stats and everything's going to look really good. So somebody who looked at it on paper would have gotten that, that sort of like, oh, okay, I get that makes sense. But in the game, Especially, you know, the fact that they had come back, they had tied the game, and then just to start watching Aaron Rodgers just missing wide open guys. So uncharacteristic, uh, you know, for somebody who's one of the best uh, at throwing the deep ball, one of the best at completion percentage quarterback ratings, the highest rated quarterback of all time by the numbers. And then, of course, my favorite, 
they flashed the stat up on the screen about how he hasn't thrown a pick in so long. So I looked at everything. Oh, <laughs> he's about to throw one here, people. And two plays right. later, he throws a he throws a pick. But I blame him for the pick because it's a badly placed ball. He throws the ball to the inside on Jimmy Graham, and the ball gets deflected by the Bears receiver. If that ball's out in front of Graham, that's a touchdown. So once again, just 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 a little off. Just everything was just off. And you kind of get used to Rodgers over the last 10 years of his career of everything is perfection. And this year it's been, he's been missing guys. Now he also doesn't have any receivers or create any separation. They're starting to look like the lions when it comes to that. But when you have dudes wide open, hit them. No, you got to blame the graphics, all the graphics fault. Well, no, yeah, that was a full Harry Carey moment right there. I even <laughs> called that a Harry Carey moment because I was, I, you know, they flashed it up on the screen. I said, oh, so you know he's about to throw a pick. And then I had to quickly tell the Harry Carey, you know, this is, I watched the Cubs growing up, and this is Harry Carey. No, I didn't even finish telling the story, and that ball was picked <laughs> off in the end zone by Eddie Jackson, who then hurts himself running the ball out of the end zone. Yeah, that, all the Bears fans really, uh, saw that play and took a, took a deep breath because he's been so – uh, such a ball hawk this year, yeah. so hopefully he'll it, it looked recover like, It looked that. like an ankle sprain or a high ankle sprain. It didn't look like anything that would end his season. I don't know if the, what the diagnosis was on that, but Dr. J, that's me, um, <laughs> on the spot when I saw the replay, they, they kind of slowed it down. To me, it just looked like a twisted ankle. Hopefully that's all it is, but although so. twisted ankles can be funny, that may linger, but we have you know, a sport where you're expected to to run around and perform at your maximum. Yeah, you don't know, spray leg sprains and things like that. We know high ankle sprains can keep guys keep guys out for weeks. So you say there's something wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Is that uh, think he's hurt? You think he's uh, physical, or you, you you said it might be uh, that he might have checked out? It might be emotional. I, I think it's one affected the other. I think that he's been playing hurt all year for basically no reward. And now that the coach is fired and the season looks like it's over, I think now you're getting the checked out version of that because he was not sharp, not sharp at all. And playing hurt the whole year. I I don't think if he didn't sign that big contract before the season, that was probably a season ending injury he played through all year. Hmm. He certainly, like uh, yeah, it certainly looked like it. He there certainly was a CL, me a lot. something CL. Some, he, he heard something <laughs> Some ligament. CL. Yeah. So I, I was also uh, at work today, and uh, first I had on, uh, I had Dan Levitard show on for a while in the morning, and then I had uh, Colin Cowherd show on for a while. So I like to switch around, and I like to get all the angles now. And wouldn't you know, He's got this revolutionary idea that the Packers should hire a defensive head coach. And I was like, (laughs) someone's listening to our show. (laughs) Because I do believe I made that very case on this show three weeks ago or whenever McCarthy got fired. And I said, no, they should go to a defensive coach and just get Rodgers a really good offensive coordinator because – Oh, yeah. So he made this like 10 minute spiel about how he's got this groundbreaking idea. And he hears nobody talking about it, how the Packers should go and get a defensive head coach. Yeah, either he or some intern of his has certainly uh, been tuning into our show. Somebody, so, yeah. You, whoever's listening, thank you. I, yeah, someone's giving a shout out. Hey, I actually, uh, I've got like five likes of my Nathan Peterman tweet, which is, I think, a record for me. I don't have five likes of any tweet of mine, so absolutely. Good job on yeah. you. 
I, my phone was lighting up like four or five, probably about five times today for people liking my uh, tweet, very tongue in cheek, you know, uh, proclaiming John Gruden is a, uh, a genius by signing Nathan Peterman because he's doing it to prime the defense. So there you somebody go. liked that. Somebody, hey, somebody, hey. Saw the humor. somebody saw the humor in that, that, you know, this is a great move by Gruden and, and next year the Raiders, I said, are going to lead the league in, in, in interceptions by the defense. So because all that practice be out there. Yeah. <laughs> now, if the Raiders come out next year and lead the league in interceptions, <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh, you'll have your uh, tweet blown up, and, and maybe old takes polls will give you the fire emoji. Like you are yeah. all over that one. We'll definitely have to get publicity for that. There'll be there'll be teams lining up to sign Nathan Peterman just so he can run the practice. <laughs> give our guys some practice at picking off some terrible throws. Come on, we need you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, that was my that was the game that was the game I saw the whole game. Um, you know, so that was that was the one um, that I saw the whole thing of. The other game that I saw the most of was the New England and Pittsburgh game. I saw a lot of that game or listened to a lot of that game, so I was very well exposed to that game. And whew, it, we, 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 once again, Pittsburgh shows up against good opponents. Yeah, I warned myself about that, and then I picked it against them anyway. So that's on me. Uh, yeah, that's what they do. They play down to their competition, and they play up when it's a big game. Yeah. Uh, they played up. Last year against New England, and pretty much could have won that game if not for some really shady referee calls and uh, that uh, catches was, that weren't catches. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say that was shady refereeing. That was bad rules. That was interpreting of the rules that, yeah. that were shady. Yeah, that was that Jesse James catch, I believe, at the goal line. That was totally a touchdown. In the Super Bowl, that was a touchdown, I believe. Right. That Zach Ertz play, it was the same mm-hmm. play as the Jesse James play. But in the Super Bowl, for some reason, even though the rule had not changed, it was suddenly it was like, no, nah, we'll let that stand. We're not gonna change that and get all this heat yeah. in the in the national spotlight. We're not doing that. <laughs> How many Steelers fans? Because that was pretty much the game that flipped the home field. How many Steelers fans saw that play in the Super Bowl and, and lost their shit? I can definitely go out of the big stuff that I know, which is my wife's friend, and that's just one of that's like example number forty six thousand that she can point to and, and claim that the league is biased for Tom Brady and for the Patriots, which is you know of course ridiculous, but that's those yeah. fans would see something like that is all oh, they yeah, they get all the calls. Look at that bullshit. Yeah. And if we ever get like an email, let's say, from Blog Talk Radio saying that they're going to, like, you know, suspend our show because of content or because of something one of us says. And uh, if we ever find out that that's going to happen, like, three hours before they take our show off the air, I am going to quit the show for my mental health. Oh, see, you got to get out in front of these things. Okay. (laughs) I'm pulling a Josh Gordon. And just, you can't fire me. I I quit. quit. I had to set the punchline up there, so you know that that they lay the groundwork for the joke and then come in at the end. But yeah, three hours before he gets suspended by the league indefinitely <laughs> for relapsing, apparently um, for something substance related, he decides that he's going to take a leave for his mental health. Well, he got did he not think because... that news was going to get out there or something? <laughs> 
hey, because three I hours later this, they gave him his leave. Yes. About. Your wish has been granted, Josh. <laughs> Don't come back. If I release this this press release before the suspension, <laughs> then everyone will just think that I walked away and no one's gonna pay attention to the suspension part. This is <laughs> that's genius. Like, that's like they're walking you to the chair and you turn around <laughs> No no I really did it. I did it. I really did it. I, 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 can I can I plead guilty now? No, it's like they're walking you to the chair and you take out a pen knife and cut your 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 wrist. Like, <laughs> kill um, yourself on the way to the chair. I showed them. You can't kill me. I'm. I kill myself. myself. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah, I don't, nice I, job I don't wanna, out of you. I don't want to laugh at Josh Gordon because he's clearly a you know a troubled young man who who, who can't lay off the something. Um, but yeah, you know, that's not going to help the Patriots at all going forward here. I can laugh at the Patriots for taking a chance well, on a guy that clearly, uh, clearly doesn't know how to keep his nose clean. And you can take that any way you want. <laughs> I mean, how many times does this guy need to get suspended before you realize, um, he's got a problem and we don't need to be putting yeah. him on our team. Until he gives that problem right. taken care. It was it was one of those. Uh, they, they didn't give up a lot for him, if I'm not mistaken. The fact that they gave up anything for him. Yeah, he was I mean Cleveland. Cleveland's the winner here, right? Right. Cleveland's like, yeah, please take him, please. A guy that we're we're through. We're so through with him. It's not even funny. And you want to take him off our hands? Go yeah. right ahead. And again, you saw exactly in his six-eight game stretch with Patriots why he was so highly regarded. He played fantastic. He's a singular talent, a number one wide receiver by every stretch of the imagination. He'd be a number one on just about every team. There's you know there's a handful of teams that would have a number one slated above him. He was clearly their number one guy. I don't care what you want to say about Julian Edelman. Josh Gordon has number <laughs> one talent. And now that's a basically a team of slot receivers and Cordero Patterson who can't catch. And has one route, the route. That's it. Can't run any yeah. other routes. He has a go route and he he's a better tie Montgomery than Ty Montgomery. I think they showed that against the uh <laughs> the Packer game. Yeah, Gordon was uh doing a great job for the Patriots, but yeah. this was always looming and that's exactly why he was available. So there's no right. surprise no surprise here at all. Yeah, I mean, it's a low-risk move by the Patriots, but now here you are two weeks from the playoffs. You are not a solid pick to be a home field team. You might get your one playoff game, and then you are going to have to take that team to Kansas City, L.A., or um, Kansas City, L.A., or Houston right now as it stands. And unless you, you know, Houston could falter and the Patriots could very easily sneak back into that because they're playing a couple of a couple of bad teams here. The Patriots are over the last two games. But you telling me that's going to go on the road and play well? I don't know. This is why I don't think it was uh, risk free for the Patriots. The risk is you've devoted so many resources to this guy who's now not going to be there, which I could have told you he wasn't going to be there in the end because he's completely untrustworthy. Now you've got all these plays that you've designed and used with him that he's not there anymore. You have no idea who's going to come in and fill that role because you took whatever opportunity anyone else could have had to step up. I don't think Philip Dorsett is very good, but 
you don't know because you didn't give him a chance to, to fill this role and find out. I know Cordero Patterson isn't very good at this role because he only has one route. However, if you keep kept giving him the reps, who knows? Maybe he and Brady could have found some sort of connection, but you don't know. And now you're, you got this huge void in your offense. You already got uh, your tight end is, is 30 going on 65 and breaking down. You, you got nowhere else to turn because you don't have any idea who can come in and fill that role. And you're not going to bring in someone off the street at this late stage because it's week 16. Uh, so that's a huge risk uh, to me, and and the risk has failed, and the Patriots will pay the price now because I, I foresee more games where Brady, just like Sunday, looks around trying to find somebody open, can't find anyone, and winds up getting dumped on his ass because he, he can't find anyone uh, that can get open right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the the Steelers' game plan was really good against Brady, which was, well, obviously they could get the pressure, but then in the obvious passing situations – they basically like doubled all of his first three reads. So there yep. were going to be, there were going to be what now also it gets easier for teams because one of those guys they were doubling was Josh Gordon. Right. And now there's one less guy that you have to double. So now you almost have like another free defensive player because Hogan and Dorsett and Patterson aren't exactly going to scare anybody. Um, you know, and there's always James White. You know, there's other, you can always dump the but you can't just dump off the ball for the whole game and win. So they're getting pressure on Brady, and all of his reads recovered, and Brady just Brady was even some throws. I could not believe what he was throwing up there. Throwing some Rex Grossman balls, like just yeah, just Somebody close the it. eyes and yeah, just close the eyes and throw and hope for you know. And this has sort of been Brady's move over the last four or five years, which was just chuck it deep and hope for flags. Right. I mean, that's become well, part even... of their offense. That that has literally become part of their offense. Tom Brady's going to throw a bomb. He's going to throw it so poorly that, or so short, you know, that the receiver has to then try to fight back through the defender who has the position, and they get a cheap flag. But that one interception wasn't even that. That was just, yeah, I'm going down, Hayden. and somebody please heave. just yeah. take this ball from me. Yeah. That pick by Hayden, that was that was a straight heave. The last play at the end of the game was a heave into basically like triple coverage down there at the goal line. Just miss, yeah. So, be interesting to see if the if the Patriots run up against a team that can that, that can take care of business on the back end. They're in they're in for some trouble. You uh, got a little uh, tooting of your horn with your your tweet that wound up being popular. So I'll toot my own horn a little bit with my record on uh, NFLPickWatch.com. I am ah. in sole possession of first place at the moment with After 121 wins. Here's what I'm, uh, what I'm going to talk about is exactly that, is week 15 and how uh, off-kilter it was that, uh, first of all, I got an extra win thanks to, uh, as I told you before, some of these spreads are not the same. So right. um, I got I got eight wins last week, not seven, because I was able to get the Ravens uh, at minus seven and a half, not eight. Oh. Uh, so that, that's, uh, I've, I've complained about some cheap ones that I, that I lost uh, before on this site because of the different spreads. That's a cheap one that I won, so I'll take it. I'm not giving it back. Uh, eight and eight on the site last week. Uh, most of the others in the top – uh, 10, 15, 20 were about that seven and eight, eight and eight, nine and seven here and there. Uh, one guy went 11 and four, actually two guys went 11 and four. They were in the top 20, three guys went 11 and four. One guy went 10 and six, but most of us were 
uh, in the eight win, nine win, seven win range. Uh, and so that's how I'm able to ascend to first place because no, you know, nobody else really went up and, uh, the, you know, the couple guys that got three more wins on me, they were still, you know, down six games below me. So they, that put them to th- within three, uh, but that's still not enough to, to overtake me. And then the one guy that was battling me all year, the guy that had the one game on me and just kept having a one game lead and having a one game lead. He had the week that we all dread. Uh, he did not pick the uh, the Thursday nighter, and then he got the, a push on the uh, the Baltimore game. He had them uh, minus eight. Those okay. other four, those other fourteen games remaining. What do you think his record was? Two and twelve. Correct. Two and twelve. <laughs> the week that we all dread. So you know, I'm just as bad, cleaning as, as, bad right as, as bad as my year has been. I, I know I'm about to do this to myself. We neither one of us have had a have, neither one of us have had a two and twelve yet, but we, we've had them. We know. So oh yeah, that's, that's the trouble. Is it's always there. You know, that's the one thing that that makes it so hard to to keep that record as good as, especially in your case, keep that percentage as high. You just know that the four and twelve or the three and thirteen, it's it, it just it's waiting for you. It just it's lurking in the bushes and it's gonna jump out and it's gonna get you. I mean it, it it's like Freddy Krueger or Jason or <laughs> you know any of that. It's the boogeyman. It's gonna get you. It's just inevitable. It's amazing how that's inevitable. But the twelve and two flip side, that's not inevitable. You just you, you never can find that one. But you can find that two and twelve every now and then. And I'll tell you, two and twelve, way more common than twelve and two. Yeah. You think it, just the odds would say it would be the other way. But no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It's so much easier to go two and twelve than it is to go twelve and two, even though you'd think it was equal chances of both. Now it's it's really not. And to make sure neither one of us, uh, our egos blow up a little bit, uh, let me get this right out of the way that we both once again, uh, it was me a couple weeks ago, and then it was both of us this week. We keep saying don't believe in the Arizona Cardinals, and then we wind up picking them anyway, and we keep telling oh. you about the keep telling about the white mouse. And so this time for both of us. We repeat, the white mouse will not explode. So now the official mascot of the Arizona Cardinals, as far as this show is concerned, is a little white mouse that just... Turns into fireworks every time you pick. <laughs> Fucking Cardinals. yeah! Every time, every time you pick the Arizona Cardinals, it just blows up in your face. <sighs> yeah, and no. yeah, it feels like when I don't pick them, then that's when they decide to play well. So yeah, every so every year now, do we have to have a white mouse team? I guess <laughs> that's what it would be. The White Mouse Award. Uh, you know, you always kind of do your tongue in cheek awards at the end of the year. So, so I, I guess that would be that we could try to figure out who the white mouse team is going to be. Like the team that, well, I guess for most of this year, that would have been the Jaguars for us, right? Oh, goodness. Yeah, just don't believe in them and don't believe in them. And then actually, yeah, this year we we went all in believing in them. Both picked picked them to win the AFC, and they're going to come nowhere near winning the AFC. So, yeah, even – even though the Cardinals are screwing us lately, for the whole season, the Jaguars are definitely putting us. Yeah, nobody's screwed us harder for a team that 
not like with the Falcons, where I had them in the NFC, where basically just injuries completely decimated that team. Because offensively, yeah. they're still a top half of the league, you know, very highly highly rated offensive team. Uh, the running game stinks this year, but they've had injuries there. But defensively is what really let them down. I mean, and and you know they could still end up. You know, what's really amazing about how like bad their season's been is they could still sneak out a six and ten or a seven and nine with no defense. You know, missing like six players off that defense on injured reserve that were all impact guys. I mean, if they somehow pull off a seven and nine out of this, you know. People, you know, Dan Quinn won't get any Coach of the Year awards <laughs> or or anything like that. But yeah, if you could if you could pull out of a seven and nine, being that depleted, you did something. And Deion Jones comes back last week and shows you immediately and why a, he's yeah, such an important piece. I, and I didn't, I know, and I knew he was going to play in that game, and I didn't have to, I didn't factor it in. I figured this was going to be the typical. You know, Atlanta underperforming against a really bad team, and uh, it, Atlanta showed you what you're supposed to do with the Cardinals. Maybe Mike Mark, Mike McCarthy should have been watching that game. That's what you're supposed to do with the Arizona Cardinals. And if you had done that, you might still have a job. I mean, you were going to get Mike fired McCarthy. in two weeks anyways, but at least you might have been able to finish out the season and save some face. Right, Mike McCarthy can watch every game he wants because he has all the time in the world. <laughs> another job I, that's what everyone keeps saying and i, I guess i'll go along you know, with it he, I... he or he, he could probably even do the thing like do the do the tv rehabilitation tour go sit on a panel for a year and then get a job i suppose i don't know if he's interesting enough to do the tv thing but uh, i guess he could uh yeah i i don't know uh i was Looking over my notes at some of these games that we talked about a little bit, the uh, the other big part of the New England loss was all the penalties and how uh, uh, undisciplined that they seem to be. Oh yeah, Mo- pre-snap stuff, which right. is, I mean, and those are the ones like you don't very you very rarely ever get the officials called out for pre-snap penalties. Like that's just you are sloppy. That's on you. Yeah, that's just you, teams that aren't prepared usually are the teams that do that is the you know the two and twelves the 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 oakland raiders and teams like that that pick up a bunch of penalties before the balls even snap it's it's, you know the guys that don't really seem to care the patriots should not be doing stuff like that so that's another reason to sort of downgrade them in your mind um and we talked about the bears packers game which i like i said i didn't really get to watch too much of that uh just some highlights here and there but I got to take a moment as a Chicago Bears fan to just say, man, this feels good. Man, Aaron Rodgers' tears, they taste so sweet. They're, they're so good. I, I'm looking up all the Green Bay Packers' tears. I'm loving every second of this. Me and Renard, we are here for this. The Bears are division champions. The Packers, the ding-dong, the witch is dead. The witch has been slayed. And I don't know what the Bears are going to do in the playoffs, of course, but for now, yeah. just – getting over that hump after what, eight years or whatever. Uh, oh yeah. And being of able ownership. to put the Packers. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. Daddy, like I said, daddy's home. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I know when, when you close your eyes at night, do you see BJ Raji pick sixes? Oh God. Yeah. I see Caleb Haney uh, just shooting his <laughs> pants and, and flinging the ball in the air. Yes. I, I see all of that. 
So yeah, no. I, the, the, I see yeah, Randall it's, Cobb it's, running completely yeah. free in busted coverage. <laughs> With the game and the season on the line. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that was the division championship on the line right there. Win or go home. And yeah, that yeah, we're just not gonna Don't cover. worry. Let him go. Let him go. Cover zero. <sighs> yes, I saw that. So it it all feels good. It all redeems all of that when you can take him down and clinch the division in front of his face. Beautiful. Okay. The, the, I, I guess you've earned that, right? To, to 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 rub that in and feel that way. Yes. And staying in the division. Hey, look, the Vikings have a run game, and and they finally figure out how to do something on the ground. They're still hanging around. They're still uh, yeah. in wild card position. Uh, it, what was that? The signature win? I was, was just about maybe? to ask you. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Was that the signature win? And I meant to We're ask still that in a sort of sarcastic way because that wasn't it either. <laughs> I mean, We're I, still yes, looking I guess for the Vikings signature win. I guess technically, technically, you beat a winning team. Yeah, forty-one seventeen over a playoff contender. Come on. Uh, but that was the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I know, I know. I mean, the Miami basically had the Stanford band the Patriots the week before. <laughs> I mean, come on. It, it, it's you, you, you can you can only beat who's in front of you. you they, they did what they that's true. They did what they had to do. No, I, I absolutely get that. They couldn't handle the Bills though. Well. Who can? Right? Uh, who can? Right? Might yeah. be the... Who can? Who can handle those Buffalo Bills? The yeah, Lions yeah. certain. The Lions couldn't. <laughs> that powerhouse but, Buffalo Bills team. But the Bills also couldn't cover the spread. <laughs> <laughs> yep, only won by one point. Two and a half point favorites. And you couldn't, and you could win, but not cover. You know how hard that is. Two and a half point favorites, and you win, yeah. but don't cover. And that's they only because cute. I picked them as my lock. The Bills got cute at the worst possible time. Only because I've had them as my lock. That's the only reason they did that. Yeah. So I, I didn't mind. Oh, uh, damn bills. I didn't mind. Uh, so a little Saturday action uh, uh, last weekend. I got to sit there and watch a little bit of that. It was a, the quintessential Case Keenum game as, as Denver lost to the to the Cleveland Browns. And Van I Joe- believe I had that one. I believe you did. Vance Joseph got booed out of his own home stadium kicking that field goal <laughs> on fourth and one. You talk about dead men walking. Oh, man. Vance Joseph has made some really, really <laughs> strange coaching decisions this year. I believe he was single-handedly blamed for using the losing the Houston game with his right. clock management at the end of the game, where I'm driving home and listening to that game on the radio, and the announcers on the radio are just losing their minds by the coaching decisions that Vance Joseph made on that on the final drive of that game that ended up costing them that game. And then here, you yeah, some, some very quizzical moves uh, by, by a coach who's clearly trying to get fired. <laughs> I mean... I guess there's no other, right? He's either over his head or he's like the the smartest guy in the room and he's just trying to get fired. He's like daring them to fire him. And they lose to Cleveland at home. And at home and had the chance to go for it and keep the drive alive and just, ah, we're, we're going to take the three. We're still going to be losing. And then we'll just give the ball over to Cleveland yeah. and that'll be the end of it. Yeah, and even though the Texans uh, were our push for the week, uh, the Texans with that seven-point win over the Jets, 
they had to really they, they they had to hold off the Jets. They had to come back to win that game, and they 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 struggled to even get us that push. There's only one thing to take away from that game, as far as I'm concerned. The Houston Texans coverage continues to absolutely suck. They are completely running out of time to shore that thing up. Uh, anytime J.J. Watt and, and Jadavian Clowney don't get home to the quarterback, the Houston Texans coverage is getting lit up like a Christmas tree around the holidays. And that's it's the holidays, so you want your trees to be lit up, but you don't want your defenses to get lit up. Sam Darnold was carving yep. apart the Texans, and that's you should not be allowing that. You're supposed to be a division champion, a playoff team, and you're going to have a home game. You should not be getting carved up in week 15 by Sam fucking Darnold. No, probably the best game Darnold's played since week one. I don't. Which is yeah, when he carved up the lions. Back, sure. when he car, yeah, he he absolutely torched the lions way back then on way back on week one when it was sort of the Robbie Anderson show, and it was again. But the, to give the Texans, I still give the you got to still got to give the Texans credit. They came back. They 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 got a really really cheap push. Um, and they won the yeah. game on the road, but you shouldn't have to fight that hard. But that's the Jets, though, for the love of God. Yeah, I, it should have been. They should have gone in there. They should have rolled them. They didn't. But a win's a win, right? All all you got to look at is ten and four. I mean, you know, we'll we'll look back on this five years from now and be like, oh, you know, Texans were you know eleven and five, twelve and four. No one's going to look at. We're not going to sit here and go, "Oh, yeah, but I remember that game? They they struggled to beat the Jets in Week 15." That's <laughs> so why the NFL is the over the, the biggest overreaction league of them all. Yeah, sometimes it is. We put a lot of even in wins, even in a victory, we'll we'll figure out a way to to kind of bag on a team because you only get 16 of these. Well, I'm just trying to call it like I see it. When I see you get just ran oh, around yeah. in the, you know, and, and Sam Darnold's directing traffic on you and you're supposed to be a division champion. That's not a good sign. I'm sorry. No. That makes me think that you're going to be some paper champions and that you're susceptible to getting punched out in the very first round. So, yeah. Well, which is interesting because right, as, as it stands right now, they're set to get the buy. Yeah. Because they, by they virtue the, of, uh, yeah, they they've got the game up on New England now because yeah, the, of the one Patriots. game on New England. Yeah, um, so in, interesting to see how this pans out. If Houston can hold on to that two seed and force the Patriots to have to play Wild Card Weekend, if they keep uh, sort of winning ugly themselves, the the Texans, then yeah, uh, yeah they'll be able to to give get that first round by. And and the Patriots have got to be sort of kicking themselves that they had a, a chance to put the Steelers down and, and still be in that kind of position that they're used to to having that first round by and, and could not, could not get it done. It's just Tom Brady getting, uh, getting worked and, and looking really bad as we already uh, talked about. So, yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything real, anything else here from week 15 or we want to, do we want to move on with the, get into these picks? Cause, oh boy, uh, this is going to be a fun one. It'll be a fun week of picks. When I made, I don't know. I, I had so much trouble picking my lock this week. That's just how much confidence I have in all my picks. This week scares me. Well, I'm scared because I had my lock like as soon as I, oh, that's that's my lock. That's it. And usually it doesn't come that easily to me. So that scares oh, me. Oh, they're gonna lose. 
Yeah, they're going to lose. Yeah, the overconfidence in my lock is always a bad sign. Uh, so yeah, we'll continue our football party. We got uh, an hour and twelve minutes left in our live stream, and we'll get around to our week sixteen picks coming up after I tell you about the yeah. plugs and the where you're listening live. BlogTalkRadio.com/slash in much less detail. That's the website to listen to the show live. It's only one place to listen live. We're not on the radio. We're not on YouTube. We're not streaming on Amazon or anything like that. We are on blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. We, we can do any of those other things if you can come up with the right compensation. We're always open to negotiation. Uh, you can follow all of our pictures on YouTube. Our... I think we could have a YouTube channel for free. Yeah, we could, but I'd have to like clean up the, 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 the area that I'm in, and I don't feel like doing that. Um, no, 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 no. You can just put the just audio, the audio. of the podcast yeah. on YouTube, yeah, and just put a graphic up on the screen. <laughs> it actually would not take any real major work on our parts. I guess it could be done. I mean, it's a huge platform, and I don't think it costs anything to have a channel to, to post. Uh, I don't know. Now, I, I don't know how we would post a two-hour podcast, but there's got to be a way because I see them on there all the time. Always. Believe me, it's done. When I'm looking for a, a wrestling pay-per-view that's three hours long and I come across a three-hour yeah. file on YouTube and I'm like, all right, here it is. And, nope. It's three hours of some guy in his mom's basement talking about the pay-per-view. I'm like, oh, oh. Come on. are you serious? Really? Oh, no. Yeah. I, I don't know how many listens those those things get, but... Yeah, I, right yeah. now, people, I could not do a video version of this podcast. I'm wearing a, a Transformers t-shirt <laughs> with Angry Birds pajama pants. <laughs> I'm also in pajama pants with a, with a with an obscenity lazy round, so no, I couldn't do that either. Yeah, I'm um, dressed for radio. <laughs> me too. And bed, uh, and, and that's where I am headed after this podcast. And then the background behind me is uh, the the day bed in this particular bedroom, which is extremely messy and like like nothing, no no, no one in the world should ever see it because that's how messy it is. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely not ready for video either. Uh, anyway, you can uh, follow all of our picks on our blog site. The blog is in much less detail dot blogspot dot com. Um, and as I was talking about earlier, you can follow on NFLPickWatch.com. I'm in the fan section under IMLD Dre. Uh, once again, currently number one in the standings and trying to hold on for these next two weeks. Uh, yeah, speaking you get of a t-shirt, IM- you get a t-shirt, right? I, they claim you get a prize. They just don't say what it is. So we'll see what it's it is. Probably a t-shirt. It, it probably. It's going to be a uh, medium. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I, I can you wear I can it on your another, arm. You can use another dust rag. Uh, <laughs> At IMLD Dre is my Twitter handle. Jason is at IMLDJTG to get more of his uh, witty repartee. Uh, and you can always email us with any questions or comments. You can send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. So that's the show. You got uh, the podcast version of this, two hours plus any after show that we might do, which probably won't be very long. Uh, you can find that after the show is through recording. You can sign up on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps. Just search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast, and subscribe. And when the show is finished recording, it will automatically upload to you. So with that, I guess we're ready to try to sort through these Week 16 picks. And it's going to be extra difficult for me because it's it's early. I got injury yeah. that I don't. 
some guys I don't know if they're going to play or not, and well, I Cam just make these picks playing. anyway. That one is is resolved. He is not going to play. Um, and Odell Beckham is not practicing, so it looks like he's not going to play again. But some other guys are kind of iffy, and you don't know, but got to make these picks anyway, so we'll just soldier on through and figure it out. Well, if you need to call an audible on any of your picks, you, you got Twitter or you know any, whatever you have access to, wherever you're at, you, you make that call and we'll we'll get it done. I, I I do believe I have the ability to I could go into the blog and alter that pick for you. So the way that I do cruises this would be my fourth cruise. The way that I do it is that boat takes off. And I'm basically dead, and I'm not. I don't communicate. I oh, don't you have are the phone. off the grid. I am off the grid. I turn the phone off. I'm 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 black, so I'm scared of charges that I can't pay. Uh, so basically, I just turn the phone off. I don't want any phone bills. I've seen some some horror stories about people. Oh yeah. Uh, taking calls and doing things on their phone uh, away from the United States and coming back home to some unbelievably ungodly high uh, phone bills. So I'm, I'm not accessible at all. Once that boat leaves here uh, or leaves new Orleans uh, at three or four in the afternoon on Saturday, uh, that's it. I, I'm the, the Saturday games will be going on and I will not be uh, uh, able to change any of those picks for Saturday or Sunday. Cause I will not have any kind of communication access. Now I may sneak away and watch some of those games, during this weekend, or I may not. I may just be into my vacation mode and not even remember that they're on and just be doing whatever <laughs> and having fun with my wife. But, uh, no, I, uh, these picks are going to be final unless I decide. Uh, I, I don't have any contingency picks written down at the moment, but as I sort of discuss them and think about them in my mind, I may decide to make some contingency picks here or there based on some of these uh, injury notes. But I don't think I'm going to be doing that. So I, these are – Going to be final. These are going to be my paces. It's going to be my week 16 is what's going up on NFLPickWatch.com after I'm through with the show. This is going to be my official uh, – because I'm not going to just not have any picks up there and, and try to uh, get away with that. I, I, I believe, actually, you can't. I think they're going to determine who wins this thing by number of wins. I don't think it's even by percentage. So I have to make picks here. So if I go two and twelve like uh, my, like our guy last week, then I go two and twelve. You know that's that's just the 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 risk that I have to take. But here we go. Uh, after all of that blabbering, we'll get to our picks now for Week 16 against the NFL. And once again, we're not doing highlight games; we're just going straight down the list. Uh, so that means we're starting on Saturday afternoon. The Tennessee Titans and their familiar home Saturday afternoon football. That's kind of what they do. Uh, they are at home. They are hosting the Washington Redskins. Is it still Josh Johnson or, or is Mark Sanchez back or is what does it matter? I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think it really matters. Um, I, I believe the Redskins are technically five. Are they? I mean, yeah. Yes. The Redskins are still in it. Uh, so the yes. seven and seven Redskins fighting still for a playoff spot and the, the public doesn't think much of them. They are 10 and a half point underdogs at the eight and six Tennessee Titans. Yeah. That hook on that 10 kind of scares me, but then I look at the fact that the Titan, just the, the, the resurgence of Derrick Henry here, the, the most rested running back for the first 13 weeks in football now going up one of the worst rushing defenses in the league in Washington 
you know, this is I don't like the Titans as a, the, the Titans in a big number. Oh, it, it is it, it does put a little fear into me, especially with just how lucky things can be in the NFL. All it takes is a you know a, a, just a cheap play or a field goal or a bad penalty or just something that gets a team close or gives them hope. But the Redskins are sort of one of those hopeless teams. It, Josh Johnson or Mark Sanchez or whoever the hell they're going to put out there at quarterback. It, it's it's not going to be enough. This this feels like a. 27 to 6 type game just really ugly the titans are going to run the ball literally down the redskins throats i wouldn't be shocked if derrick henry goes for 200 again literally down their throats that would be uh, that would be quite the sight that football's pretty big um yeah the titans are riding derrick henry's ass man this is the tight this is the derrick henry that they've been expecting and you can tell because they kept decreasing his carries every week mm-hmm. uh, as he was being uh, less and less effective. And they kept riding uh, Deion Lewis as the bell cow running back and giving Derrick Henry like six or seven uh, short yardage goal line carries. Like, okay, this is all you're good for. This is what we're going to do. And finally he opens up and, and sort of flips, flips the switch and, and hits that light bulb. And once he did that, they said, okay, good. We can, now we can give it to you 25 times like we want to. And they rolled him out uh, this past game. And, and yeah, it looks like that's what they're going to do from here on out is, is use Derrick Henry the way that he, sh- he should be used, the way he's built physically to be used. Um, I told you when I saw whatever game and, and said that, oh, that's my lock. I'm not even going to uh, mess around and think about anything else. So I saw Washington and, and all the injuries and how bad they've been playing in Josh Johnson. I know he just won uh, his start this past weekend, but I saw that and saw the way Derrick Henry's being used. And yeah, I, I, I got to lock that one up. I got Tennessee 10 and a half. I'll take that. I think they can easily win that by like four touchdowns. So lock up the yep. Titans. Okay. Yeah. I've got them by three touchdowns. You've got them by four. Interesting. Yeah, very. <laughs> Titans are making a Titans are making a mad dash to the playoffs. They may come up short, um, but man, they get in. They could be interesting. Yeah, kind of like last year. Yeah, they won't uh, be just, exciting. <laughs> I no, that interesting. No, this is an ugly, ugly things. brand of football that they play. Yeah, there's but a reason we call them winning ball. ugly. They play. This is the brand of football where you can keep the scores low, run the ball, play defense, and have a shot at the end. This is that brand of football they need to play. And they clearly know that they can go anywhere and, and put it on somebody and give them a, hand, give them a handful at least, if, especially if Derrick Henry is doing anything like what he's been doing these last couple of weeks. Let's go to Saturday Night Football where it will be another uh, playoff uh caliber game the uh, Ravens and the Chargers and what Baltimore is doing lately is a complete uh, philosophical flip from what they were before they installed Lamar Jackson as their starting quarterback so it's been fascinating to see that to see a team just flip completely this is what we build ourselves to do when the season began. Now we're going to do the complete opposite of that just completely flip everything around. Yeah we're going to sign three name wide receivers, completely revamp that core, and now we're going to start a quarterback, and it doesn't matter who's playing wide receiver because he doesn't throw the football. 
can't get it to any of the three, but we're going to win right. anyway because he can run the hell out of it. So the uh, hard to read eight and six Baltimore Ravens, but again, they've been winning with them. Only four and a half point underdogs on Saturday night out there in Carson, California at the 11 and three Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, we're both coming up with our lock on Saturday because this is the game that I chose to lock up. Um, and I am locking this one up for the Clippers. Uh, I, I actually love the Chargers in this spot. Lamar Jackson has been beating some bad teams. Let's just be honest. Uh, Lamar Jackson is, is piling up some numbers and running the ball, not throwing. And this is the kind of game against the Chargers team that's a very complete unit. They have offense. They have defense. They have special teams. Their defense is good at every level, so they have guys who can rush the quarterback. They have a good secondary. They have good linebackers. Lamar Jackson is not going to have his way with these guys. This is not the Chiefs. This is not a team where you can go on the road who plays zero defense. They didn't really have Eric Berry, um, you know, who is they, – they have nothing on defense. We've seen that with the Chiefs where – they can be had and they, it took a miracle for them to kind of come back and, and win and win that game. I think the chargers are a bit of a different animal here and, and they're clearly going to be the best team that Lamar Jackson has had to play by team to full team. I mean, the chiefs had a better offense. I think the chiefs offensively are extremely t- talented, you know, but without Kareem hunt, it hasn't been quite as smooth for them. Um, without Kareem Hunt back there. But yeah, I don't trust Lamar Jackson in this spot against the against the Chargers who who can come at you in, in, in multiple ways. Melvin Gordon looks like he's gonna be back, so they get that added dimension back into there. Uh Phillip Rivers is, you know, he's vaulted himself into M V P talk now. Um with, with the with the sort of resurgence that they've had where it looked like the Chiefs were gonna just run away with that division and now the Chargers could end up actually making one of my preseason predictions come true and win this division. It's amazing. I did not think that was going to happen the way the Chiefs had started out, but yeah. it's within reach now. It's right there for them. And, uh, you know, Chiefs have a tough game of their own this week, but I, I don't like I, – I think that this is the game where Lamar Jackson can kind of crash back down to earth a little bit. And four and a half feels like a value – going towards the home team on this one. I think that the Ravens, because of the defense and because of the run that Lamar Jackson has gone on against some really shoddy competition has caused the betters to move this line a a little bit more towards the Ravens side than I think it should. So I'm actually thinking four and a half is a bit of a value pick here too. That's why I'm locking it up. And we talked a little bit about the the, the competition, about the level of run defense that Lamar Jackson yeah, was able all to have like all this bottom half of the league. <laughs> Every team he's yes. beaten has no running defense. The Raiders, the Falcons, uh, let's see. <laughs> the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs. Lost to, but they still ran all over. <laughs> and last week, the Buccaneers. So, And it's not like the Chargers are the greatest run defense in the world. They're still giving up 4.3 yards a carry, but that's by far lower than everyone else that Lamar Jackson has been facing. So this should be on the road, uh, a spot that he finally plays like a rookie and gets, and gives up the loss to the Chargers. Four and a half, I thought, was, was very low. I was very surprised at that spread, but obviously people are falling in love 
with the Ravens and the, the sort of narrative that, oh, this kid is taking over and Joe Flacco's out of a job and look at how great they're, they're playing with him. Well, you got to pay attention to the competition as well. Uh, so finally, uh, a run D that they can't just totally run through. Uh, I will agree with you and take the Chargers and give the four and a half. I had a PFF stat uh, for the Chargers as well. Uh, as I quickly scroll through to try to find that. Uh, here's another reason that uh, Lamar Jackson may have some trouble, because Joey Bosa has five or more pressures in each of the last four games. That's tied for the longest active streak for any defensive player. Ever since Joey Bosa finally made it on the field and came back, that Chargers D has been playing much better. They're much stouter because Joey Bosa is, is a, a football robot and can get after anybody and Lamar Jackson hasn't seen anything like that either coming at him. And he, he may thinks he, he has the moves to dance around and avoid him every time. He's not going to avoid him every time. It's going to be a couple times where he gets got uh, and, and goes down and goes down hot. And, and just like we talked about with any running quarterback, uh, it's all good until you finally get hit. Uh, the, the old Mike Tyson line, everybody's got a plan until you get hit. Uh, and he might get hit the, in this game Saturday night uh, against the Chargers. So I'm with you on that one. All right, so we both have locks on Saturday, in but we both agree on the two games. Interesting, right? So we we both see that uh, both games the same way. So that's that's a good thing. I, I hope that'll be good for both of us. On to Sunday action, uh, starting with the Battle of Ohio Part Two. And remember how the first one turned out when uh, the Browns and the Bengals got together and, and oh, yeah. Jackson on the on the wrong sideline. Um, and Baker Mayfield dusting his ass and then not giving him a, 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 a hug when he went in, went over for the uh, post-game handshakes. And now we get part two of that, which is uh, Hugh Jackson getting to come back to the stadium, getting to come back into Cleveland and all oh, the reaction and the uh, the, the noise that's going to happen when, when that occurs. Uh, but in any event, the six and eight Bengals out of playoff contention and the Browns are still, uh, they're still in playoff contention. Uh, the Bengals are 10-point underdogs. I can't remember the last time Cleveland's been a 10-point favorite, but the yeah. Bengals are 10-point dogs at the Browns. Yeah, the reason you can't remember it is because <laughs> I don't think it's a rememberable thing. I, I don't know if the new Browns have been a 10-point favorite at all through this, this sort of, you know, since they came back to Cleveland. I mean, I'm sure somebody could go through and and look, but you're not going to Since 1999? Yeah, since if you find one or two, I would be absolutely blown away, stunned, because these Cleveland teams have been terrible, and yeah. I absolutely do not like them as a ten-point home <laughs> favorite. I'm sorry, Cincinnati is going to score some points. I know that this is going to be all oh, another chance to go after you, Jackson, and they're all going to be motivated to do that. And they're all Baker Mayfield's going to be one of these big empty talkers by the time his career is over. I don't know what he's going to amount to in this league, but kid, just shut up, just shut up and play some football. Let 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 your play on the field talk. And at at some point, and at Cincinnati, even though they're terrible, you know they 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 put up thirty last week in a nice effort. The Driscoll doesn't seem to be like, you know, he's not Peterman bad. You give him some ah. time. You give him a little time. He can throw the ball down the field. He's clearly got a move, um, and that's it. <laughs> that's his move. <laughs> throw the ball down the field. I think it's enough to keep them within 10 here. I, 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 maybe it's just I don't want to believe. I don't have the brown fever. But taking the 
Browns and giving 10 just feels wrong. Feels dirty. This can't do it. Can't do it. You watch your mouth about Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that he might wake up feeling dangerous again. And then what are you gonna do, buddy? Huh? Oh man. Yeah, he's, he's he thinks a lot of himself. Uh, he, he really does think he's worthy of of all the hype and the, the number one pick and all that stuff. You know, I uh, I, I also feel that it's uh, a little dirty to take Cleveland and give ten points in any point in time. It's not like they're a, a juggernaut team either. They're still under 500. They're only 6-7-1. and one. They're not some great <laughs> franchise. Okay. Let's just get this right out there. They have a half game lead over the Bengals. So the team that they're hosting and getting <laughs> 10 points to, the, the tie is the only thing. They both have six wins. They both have six wins. Um, and, and even with all of that, if the Bengals had any pride, I believe they would have played a lot tougher in that first meeting than they did. And they pretty much rolled over for Baker Mayfield and the Browns in that first meeting. And this one is in Cleveland and should be even more raucous and more crazy. Um, I, I just don't think the Bengals have any fight. I, I, I don't think they have the, what it takes to hang in there. And I think Cleveland is going to make this uh, one of those games that they, you know, continue to exact revenge and uh, put a lot more value in it than it probably deserves. And the Browns have been playing well. Uh, yeah. to my surprise. Uh, so I, I, I actually can see that uh, being a 20-point victory, something like that. So I'm wow. going to take Cleveland and give the 10. I can't believe I'm doing that. So so let's just – okay, so Cleveland wins here, let's say. Let's go by your, your way of saying it. And they get to seven. Sets them up next week going to Baltimore. And if uh. the Cleveland Browns can somehow <laughs> win that game, and finish eight, seven, and one. They won't make the playoffs. That's not going to happen. Um, but if they somehow sneak to eight, seven, and one. I, it, Greg Williams is like coach of the year, right? <laughs> uh, he may pretty well be in line to be made permanent coach, which would be a huge mistake because he's really not a head coaching material. But fantastical mistake. <laughs> But it's the Cleveland Browns, so they're used to oh, fantastical yeah. mistakes. It'll be the head coach is what you're saying. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, it, it, how long was Hugh Jackson the fucking head coach? So, yeah, they, they can make that Too mistake, long. no problem. But, you, but Marvin Lewis still has a job. So As long as that's still going on, then, yeah, the Browns look awesome by comparison. Yeah, Although Hugh, Hugh Jackson, Jackson may take over that job. Hugh Jackson, <laughs> Hugh Jackson has <laughs> – Hugh Jackson has the worst winning percentage ever. Ever. I mean, all time. He's the goat of bad coaches. He's really the goat. And they, <laughs> and they make him look even worse by playing so great for, for Greg Williams for whatever reason. Yeah. Actually, yeah. The, 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 the new OC, Freddie Kitchens, is Kitchens, a lot of Kitchens, yeah, that, that's for, the guy uh, that everyone's talking about as being, like, part of the turnaround there. Is that now that Hugh Jackson's, like, not involved in that offense, and they're right. actually designing the plays around the talents of their quarterback and, you know, they, that, that stable of running backs that they have, and they're actually using it? I think that's had more to do with the turnaround than, than Greg Williams. Greg Williams is a figurehead on that organization. He was just the guy who, you know, who got handed the reins after Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson uh, had a power struggle and both got canned for it. That, that's still amazing to me that they both were 
out there fighting each other right from day one. And the organization actually said, you know what? I'm done with both of you. Yeah. As much as we want to make fun of the Cleveland organization, that was the right move. Yeah, that was that was a, a, a genius for, for that organization, absolutely. Yeah, so not, by, not by their the stupidest standards. team in football anymore. I mean, they've won. I mean, okay, they win on Sunday, which I expect they will, and that gets them to seven. That means they'll have won seven more games than they won last year. <laughs> it also means they'll have not lost eight more games than they lost last year because they had a tie that they should have won. Yeah, it's – Really been a, an amazing season by Brown standards, and, and way better than I ever thought they would have been. So I definitely have to eat crow on that. Yeah, and they'll turn it around next year and win two games. <laughs> on to the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. Speaking of teams that might win two games next year, Tampa Bay at five and nine. Oh, uh, our Dallas can clinch uh, the division if they win this one. Uh, Tampa's a seven and a half point underdog at the eight and six Cowboys. Yeah, this feels like the you know the Cowboys just got embarrassed. I'm I'm completely embarrassed. Shut out against the Colts. This this feels like a bounce back type game. I don't care about this number one passing offense bit that the Bucks keep throwing <laughs> around out there. The, the, the Cowboys are clearly the better team here. They have a better defense. They've got. A, the best offensive line, if not one of, if not the best offensive line in football. They'll 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 move the ball on the on the Bucks. They're not. They're going to they're also keep the Bucks score fairly low. We may get a lot of empty yards between the twenties and some field goals for the Bucks. Maybe they kick four or five field goals. But it, this feels like a you know twenty four twelve twenty four fifteen type game to me. So I'm going to go ahead and give the big number with the Cowboys here and the bounce back after getting shut out. Teams tend to do that after that happens to you. I like that score. Uh, I got 27-17, so very close. Um, This is a a fascinating test, uh, one of the games I wish I could watch, but I'll be, of course, uh, at at sea. But I want to see the Dallas defense against that number one passing offense that you scoffed at and laughed at. But, hey, they've been number one all year since since day one, since the first game with with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they're still number one, and they're going to finish number one because it's all they know how to do. They can't do anything else. Uh, so I actually want to see what the Cowboys do to handle that. They've had some great cornerback play all year, uh, and I want to see if they can keep it up against uh, the Buccaneers who do one thing and one thing only, and that's throw the ball. Uh, but, yeah, eventually they're going to get run over. They, their run defense is trending down, and Zeke Elliott is eating, and that offensive line is still getting out and, and moving guys around, even though they're not playing as well as they could. They're, they're still very much – uh, behind the eight ball with Zach Martin hurt and, and Tyron Smith uh, trying to play through uh, his arm injury and doing a lot more grabbing and holding than he normally does. He's picking up a lot of penalties lately, but uh, even with all that, they're still getting out and moving the ball, uh, moving uh, defenders and letting Ezekiel Elliott run and move the ball. So I think that's going to be how Dallas comes through is, is they grind it out on the ground for a, a good number of yards um, and don't have to have Dak Prescott do too much. That Dak to Amari combination that have been working so well uh, definitely went on vacation against the Colts, and, and credit to the Colts for shutting that down. Uh, but they, they 
hopefully won't have to get back on track and won't have to rely on that against Tampa Bay. If they if Tampa scores and makes them have to throw, that that might be some trouble. So I'm a little scared of that. Uh, but if they can handle it and, and run it and keep grinding the ball and keep control and they keep the clock on their side, then they should be able to grind out and, and win this game by double digits. Okay, so yeah, we're, we're pretty much uh, in lockstep here on a lot of our picks so far. Again, I, hopefully we can keep it, keep it up. And, and we got to split uh, the last two weeks uh, that we both uh, had the same yeah. record. So, uh, and and not you know one side or the other as far as a lot of wins or a lot of losses either. We're both splitting it pretty much right down the middle of the last two weeks. But I tell you what, like, like I said, I read off what some of those percentages in, in pick watch. You want to keep it right down the middle right now because apparently it's going sideways for a lot of guys. Uh, you know, that 2-12, and 12, like I said, we we all fear it, but we're just trying to keep our head above water right now. Oh, yeah, the wheels uh, are coming off the wagon somewhere. <laughs> I, I hope not. We're trying to, to keep it at bay. Uh, moving on to the NFC North, the uh, Vikings and the Lions. The Vikings still fighting for a playoff spot, 7-6-1. and one. Minnesota, six-point favorites on the road at the 5-9 and nine Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, kind of, it's one of those old adages, adages, right? You throw the records out, you know, and the, the two teams get together. I mean, the, the Lions have been, well, you want to talk about a weird team this year. Big wins at home against top-quality teams. And that's about it. That That's their resume. A couple of really big wins that kind of were like shocking wins. Like, where did this come from? And then pretty much terrible the, the whole rest of the year. And then you have the Vikings, who still lack that signature win. This isn't going to be it, because i got to <laughs> lose the Lions on Sunday. Oh, no. Oh, oh dear. Um, yeah, I the only thing I wrote down for my notes for this one is Vikings better not blow this one because Detroit sucks. They uh, do. Matthew Stapp- there's something wrong with Matthew Stafford. You said there's something wrong with Aaron Rodgers. There's something wrong with Matthew Stafford too. He's uh, everything he's doing is trending down the last several weeks. Uh, he's been on the injury report, so he might be trying to play through something, but he doesn't look good. He hasn't been connecting with anyone outside of uh, Galladay. And, yeah, this is not a game that the Vikings should play around and, and lose at all. Um, so I got them winning, and I got them covering. Uh, it, it, it almost feels like, you know, you if you do blow this, you don't deserve anything. You don't deserve the playoffs. You don't you don't deserve no. any kind of success. Um, got a PFF stat for the Vikings. Uh, Stephon Diggs. Uh, we talk about how good he and Adam Thielen make uh, uh, the quarterback Kirk Cousins, how much better they make him look when they're on. Uh, Diggs specifically has caught 99 straight passes without a drop, and that is the longest active current streak for receivers, and it's the third longest streak this decade. So he and, and, and Thielen, when they're on, they carry that team right now, and Dalvin Cook is just now starting to warm up and, and handle his end of the bargain and carry the load running the ball. So they they look like they're trying to come together at the right time. Uh, but that was a big stat that I saw. I, I was like, how many catches without a drop? That's amazing. 99 straight balls, and you don't have that's to like worry a, about a drop. That's like a season. That's like going through a whole season <laughs> without a drop. That, that's incredible. So uh, I got Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. This is what they do. They look good against teams they're supposed to look good against, right? And then it's uh, the uh, – Doing a little bum slaying, huh? Yeah, it's the other games that's the problem, but this would not be a problem for the Vikings. I 
So on to the Giants and the Colts. There's a lot of these games have uh, playoff implications still in week 16. Uh, it's, it's very rare uh, to look at the schedule and find a game that doesn't have any kind of playoff yeah. implications. Uh, so this one, of course, the Giants are out of the race, but the Colts at 8-6 and six are right in the thick of it. Uh, New York is a 10-point dog at the 8-6 and six Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, this is this is a really uh this is a really interesting bounce back. This is another kind of bounce back game for the Colts, kind of similar to what I think with Dallas where they got shut out and I mean they actually they shut out the Cowboys last week, I take yeah. it back. Um they did the shutting out. Um so I had my I had my shutouts backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's late. I understand. Uh, I'm trying to work my I'm trying to work my way uh trying to work my way to the uh to the holiday. Just got to make it through one more day and then I got my Christmas break here coming up so I get 4 days off. So I'm sort of in that like, minute number 80 of our live shows. So we were just going like this. Yeah. But uh no, so they're playing the other team that got shut out last week, the Giants. Um but I don't expect that same type of bounce back from the Giants cuz that would require heart and talent <laughs> and, and good play. And no, the, the Colts are at, Colts again, just the, the, the other team, just like they're sort of like their cohorts over there in the AFC South and the Texans teams that started really slow who have turned it on. And Andrew Luck has been very under the radar for some, you know, but he's not, he's not new. He's not cool. He's not Mahomes. He's, you know, he, he's just like, yeah, he's, you know, he's, we've, we've seen this before from Andrew Luck, but, it, it really does feel like if he can stay healthy and they can kind of keep this going, that the Colts could go back to being not this year, but in the future, it could go back to being like, Hey, this is our division. And, you know, it was Andrew Luck and everybody else for the longest time. And it, you're starting to maybe see the pieces of that starting to come together. They, they've got the great look rookie linebacker, Darius Leonard. They got his name. There right. You go. Time. I didn't get him confused with Philip. Lindsay, who plays for a different team on offense, but yeah, I think I think the Giants are just I I don't like these big numbers, but I find myself giving a lot of points this week, and I don't like it. But I am going to go ahead and I am going to give them all again with the Colts. They're still playing for something, and the Giants clearly aren't. If it was if it's looking like no Odell Beckham, that takes something away from them as well. Um, Man, the Titans just the Titans just wrecked Saquon Barkley last week too. My God, well, that was supposed to be you know, he was gonna just you know he was gonna run up on the Titans and everybody loves New York and the big media market and nobody's loving the Titans and the Titans just they they completely owned the Giants. You you don't come sometimes you have those losses you don't come back from you don't come back from that one. They put you down. You- and you wouldn't think so. Um, and the Colts have been uh, – I, I understand why Andrew Luck wasn't getting the love early in the year because he started out so uh, low impact. Uh, everything he was doing was efficient, but it wasn't really a lot of downfield stuff. Um, they were in the, in the sixes and, and 6.2 and whatnot for yards per attempt uh, in the first half of the year. Right now they're averaging seven yards per attempt for the season, which means that over the last – like five or six games, he's really cranked it up and to, to pump that number upward. Uh, so it's been a, a late 
coming as far as like the impact players, as far as like a lot of the downfield stuff. And that may have been just, it took that long for the shoulders to start really bouncing back and coming closer to a hundred percent. Like it, like uh, he was hoping it would be uh, T Y Hilton has been huge for the Colts. Uh, that was uh, a big part of why I was picking against Indianapolis last week. And that was the game in our market. So I got to see all of that. And T Y is, he's still not, a hundred percent. He's still hobbling around a little bit, but he's still gutting it out and he still got loose for a couple of big plays. And he still got deep for a couple of balls that I thought was, uh, he wasn't going to come down with and he came down with them anyway. Cause he's, he's really is one of the sort of unsung awesome receivers uh, of, of this particular era. Um, so I've been very impressed with that. I was obviously very impressed with the Colts defense last week, showing some shocking competence and pitching that shutout. Um, and with all of that, I'm still going to take the points because I don't trust all that to come together and happen again. That was like the perfect Colts game <sighs> that they played. And I'm not trusting that shit two weeks in a row. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I know old Odell Beckham is not practicing. He's probably not going to play, but um uh, there's been times where Eli Manning has looked better without him, probably because he doesn't have that kind of pressure with the guy yelling at him all the time, and he probably prefers to, to not play with him uh, at times. So uh, I think Saquon has a bounce-back game uh, on the carpet against the Colts, uh, and I think the Giants just stay within 10 points of, of Indianapolis, which is a, a big number. I don't think it should take that much to stay within 10. Okay. Moving on to Jacksonville and Miami and the uh, Florida game that nobody wants to see or talk about. But the Dolphins are still there. They're still in playoff contention. They're 7-7 seven and seven and still uh, fighting for that spot that they uh, they had a good shot at a few weeks ago, but they've fallen on hard times lately. Um, Jacksonville, our AFC title pick, which is not going to come anywhere close to happening, at 4-10, and ten, they are four-point underdogs at the 7-7 seven and seven Miami Dolphins. I had to resist the temptation again to take the Jaguars. The Jaguars have just quit. They lost to the was to the Redskins. Yeah. I mean, come on. Josh Johnson. You you can't. No, I'm sorry. Miami. <laughs> we we can make fun of them, and we can we can basically call them the dictionary definition of mediocre because that's pretty much what they are, and they're they're destined for eight and eight and kind of mediocre obscurity. But they're at least a professional football organization, which is a lot more than I can say for Jacksonville this year. So I, I, I got to get this idea out of my mind that, that, that it's the defense or they're playing for – no, they're, they're lousy. It's Cody Kessler? Oh, no. no. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, no, give me Miami. I, I thought about locking this one up. But, yeah, give me the <laughs> Dolphins. I'll give them the four. It's, Jacksonville's just bad. Bad at football. Yeah, you figure out these two teams. I got nothing. I have no idea. You, uh, this is one of those <laughs> games that I just don't. I, I didn't go and look up which uh, what my record is picking these two teams. I'm betting is not very good this year. Uh, probably in the bottom third, both of them. Um, on the PFF uh, podcast this week, they were talking about your boy Cody Kessler, your favorite quarterback, and how he holds the ball too long and. Uh, is one of his many problems that he's standing there waiting for something to develop and winds up getting taken down. So I'll, I'll take that into consideration. And I'll also uh, consult the stats and, and look at the fact that the Jaguars for some reason can't do anything on the road 
and and the Dolphins for some reason are just this awesome team at home. They're six and one, so they're going to go for a seven and one home record in this one. So yeah, sure, I'll, I'll go with the Dolphins. I'll concur and I'll give the four, and, and I don't feel good about it at all. But I, I can't figure out either one of those teams anyway. So it's one of those we pick them all, folks. Uh, this one, despite being the, the uh, second biggest spread of the week, uh, might be compelling. It's the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Um, everyone knows how the Patriots own everybody in their division. So as a result, the five and nine Bills uh, and getting uh, housed uh, in their first meeting uh, probably plays a part in that as well. If you remember the Monday nighter with Derek Anderson, where the Bills uh, give all they got and look like they're going to contend for about a half. And then Anderson turns into Anderson and starts throwing the ball all over the place. And, and they wound up losing 25 to six to new England. So uh, no surprise. Now Buffalo at new England bills are 13 and a half point dogs at the nine and five Patriots. Yeah. And after what the Patriots showed up last week and did uh, in Pittsburgh, you know, the, Oh yeah. You'd think that this would be a real easy spot to take the bills. I think the bills are a trap pick here. I'm taking the Patriots again. I'm giving all these big numbers, but I'm looking back over these last four, over the last four matchups that the Patriots and the Bills have played. The Patriots have won them by an average of more than even what the spread of this game is. I mean, we're talking blowout, 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 blowout. This is just what the Patriots do to the Buffalo Bills, especially up in Foxborough, where they're fine. They're they're fine there. I and then oh, there's going to be the Josh Gordon distraction. No, I don't think there's going to be a distraction. They're coming off of a really bad loss. They got held to ten points. This is going to be a game where they're going to get right. They're going to win out these last two games against really bad competition in the Bills and the Jets. They're going to go eleven and five. And I think they're going to be they're going to be okay at least going into the playoffs because they're going to be beating up on a couple of really bad teams. I don't mean I don't think they'll be okay in the playoffs, but I think going into the playoffs they get a chance to kind of get fat and look look oh look the Patriots are just fine everybody nothing to see nothing to see here because they're beating some really bad football teams. I think they're going to excuse me I think they're going to whoop up on the Bills. I'll give them all. Um, I think the Bills are I, I think that's like the sucker play this week. I just get a real bad feeling about that. Mm, you called it a trap play. We caught it a trap. I can't walk out. Yeah, that's it's tempting to say that. I, I understand the temptation to, to think that taking Buffalo is a sucker's bet. Uh, they have been playing better. They have been uh, showing some signs of life. And the Patriots have certainly been showing signs that they're not the the great mighty Patriots uh, that we once knew and loved. Uh, definitely a styles clash in this one when you talk about uh, the Bills uh, uh, coming in with the number one pass defense in football. They've been very impressive defending the pass, and the Patriots, of course, uh, averaging seven point eight yards per throw. So they've been and they had to build up to that as well. Uh, Tom Brady and then and the Patriots they were not on the same page at the beginning of the year as, as we all remember uh, but now they get on the same page and then here's Josh Gordon deciding that he needs to take a break about five minutes before they were going to suspend his ass uh, so I don't know about distraction part but that's still I think going to take a big uh, uh, impact on the team just on the field not even talking about any kind of distraction or anything like that just to take that weapon off the field after they've been relying on him uh, as a playmaker for so long on in, in this season 
And then there's another factor to consider, and that's how uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers finally figured out how to beat the Patriots last week after all this time being tormented. Which defense should we run? Which zone coverage should we play? Should we try to play man? How should we do it? And last week, it, it looked like they decided, you know what? Let's just bust them in the fucking mouth and see what happens. And that's how you beat Tom Brady is bust them in the fucking mouth. So PFF gave me the stat of the Buffalo Bills uh, talking about uh, who's got the, the most fourth quarter pressures this year in the NFL, 24 fourth quarter pressures, the most in the NFL this season. And your thought would go to JJ Watt or uh, Cam Jordan or uh, any number of different great edge rushers. And it's actually Jerry Hughes of the Buffalo Bills has the most fourth quarter pressures this season. And so Tom Brady, once again, might have somebody in his face that he doesn't want in his face, especially in the fourth quarter, especially with no Josh Gordon out there to try to be a safety valve and take some of the pressure off. So, yeah, I'll take the the, the sucker bet. I'll take the Bills at a 13 and a half points and root for them to win because I've sort of turned into a closet Buffalo fan, the, the way they've been playing, the way Project has come along this year. Um, and I, of course, don't respect the Patriots at all. So I'll, I'll take the sucker bet. Oh no, there's the there's the fan in me. There's the 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 person who like wants the Patriots to lose this game. You know, I I I, I absolutely, but I don't. I want them to, but I don't make our my picks on want to. You know. <laughs> I usually don't, but sometimes I do. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Packers and the Jets. And here's your chance to see uh, if Aaron Rodgers, uh, if there's something still wrong with him or if, if he's going to be just fine. Because apparently the elixir, if there's something wrong with you, is to go play the Jets and you'll be just fine. Uh, but Green Bay at 5-8-1 and one out of the playoff picture, three-point favorites on the road at the 4-10 and 10 New York Jets. I'm taking the Packers on a narrative here, which is you can't go lose to the Jets to then go zero and eight on the road this year, that is you, you. I'm sorry, you are a you're a Hall of Fame quarterback, and if you complete a whole season with the squadouche on the road, the oh that is. I'm sorry, I mean you're still going to Canton, but what a terrible season if the Packers can somehow go and not even muster up enough to go and beat the lowly Jets. Just the. the uh, a complete joke team this year. There's nobody on that team. I mean, that cupboard, that is the most bare cupboard in football of any team. I feel bad for Todd Bowles for what's been put around him and the way that team has been constructed. There is absolutely nothing there. And if Aaron Rodgers cannot go and beat those guys, I mean, I, then, yeah, like I said, something's wrong with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it's the body or mind or both. If you can't beat the Jets, you've got some serious issues um, as a franchise going forward. If, if and then to go zero and eight, zero and eight on the road, it just boggles the mind, right? For a team that's supposed to be a you know, playoff contender every year, that you could go and lose every road game, just stunning. So I, I think they win this one to get that one road win, to get that one good feeling. Because um, the Jets are bad. And, yeah, and the Jets do cure a lot of ills. Yeah, this is one where we don't compare notes, but you would share, or you would think that we do. You would swear that we do. Because written in my notes for this game is the sentence, 
They have to win one road game, right? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> Come on, Packers. You got to win yeah. one on the road. And this is a yeah. great opponent to do it against, the New York Jets, who are just thinking out loud awful. Uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers in the passing game is definitely trending down numbers-wise. It's You can see it on the field. You can see it in the stats from eight yards per throw down to 7.4 right now. Uh, from fifth in the league, passing down to ninth at the moment. Um, they lose Aaron Jones uh, in the backfield uh, for the rest of the year as well. Uh, but the Jets are turning down in everything. Pass, defense, run, whatever the number is, the Jets are down in all of them and down by a, a good significant amount as well. So, uh, yeah, the, the Packers should take the, the They should be supremely motivated to go in and take this and, and get one road win and get uh, – you, you already – Described it. Get that squadoosh uh, off of their record. They they got to have some pride as far as that goes. You would think. So uh, I concur. Uh, the Houston Texans and the Philadelphia Eagles, and boy, what a curious game this is. Now that Nick Foles has come out and knocked off the the L.A. Rams and as big 13, 14 point underdogs, I think that makes all the difference in this particular point spread and in the interest in this game. Uh, because the 10 and four Houston Texans have no reason to be underdogs at Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles, but they are indeed one point dogs at the seven and seven love your underdog Eagles. Yep. The, the boy, the Eagle, no, nobody plays up the underdog role than the defending Super Bowl champ. I guess this is what it took. I guess nobody they, just had to play, they just had to play so bad all year because they had to get back into the underdog mindset, but they, they wear it well. They wear it well. I believe I called that one last week with Nick Foles. Uh, yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, very high yards per attempt out of him last week. His, his his average completion was also very high. They they're very comfortable throwing the ball down the field. And oh, by the way, who did you just highlight loves to give up the booty down the field? The Houston Texans. This is just a bad matchup for the Texans on the road. I think they're walking into a trap of their own. I'm taking the Eagles again. The Nick Foles show continues here. Uh, he, yeah, has that would... he has one move. He has one move. He's just like Driscoll. Throw it deep and pray. And also on Jeffrey seems to be his guy. I was totally wow. wrong about Aguilar. It was Jeffrey. And that it was Jeffrey last year on the playoff run too. Right. Yeah, that that's a great guy to have as your guy. He's he's a hell of a professional receiver. The uh, Chicago could have could have used him, although the Bears are doing just fine, I guess. But uh, no, that, that Foles has been uh, rather impressive in his two chances uh, under the helm. And uh, last week was just one game, though. Uh, don't know how they're going to do that again necessarily against the Texans. Uh, it, as I pointed out, if the Texans don't pressure you and get after you, then you can absolutely light them up. Uh, but here's the funny part is that the Houston Texans can say the same about their opponent, that if the Eagles and their defensive line don't get after you, then that back end is absolutely uh, ready to get lit up by Deshaun Watson uh, and the Texans. So it's actually sort of a mirror image, these two teams, uh, of each other right now. It's the Spider-Man versus Spider-Man meme that they're looking at each other. And they're wondering which team is going to be able to protect their quarterback long enough for the other guy to get the job done for his team and make the plays. And as much as Foles did that last year in the Super Bowl title run and did it last week against the Rams, 
I still don't know if I trust him to keep doing it and do it uh, in a in a consistent manner. So this week, I'm going to take Deshaun Watson and the Texans to be the team that overcomes the pressure. Uh, and they, they're going to see heat. Deshaun Watson sees heat every game, and the Eagles are going to bring heat because that's what they do. Uh, but I still like him to light up that secondary, even if it's only a couple of times. Uh, I still like him and New Hopkins to get together. You talk about a combination that works. Uh, and you talk about a guy that's looking for a, a receiver that can make every catch. Uh, you already referred uh, earlier this season to uh, to New Hopkins as the best receiver in football uh, with a little bit of a hot take there. But I said at the time, and I still say, I got no argument against that. I don't know if I would necessarily have named him number one, but I certainly can't argue anyone who says he's the best receiver in football because that motherfucker goes up and takes every ball near him and just says, I'm owning this, and you can't do anything about it. And he has by far of all these guys. The, the, think of your top receivers: your Antonio Brown and, and and Julio Jones and all these guys. All of them, all these guys. If you want to throw out there as best receiver in football, have great quarterbacks, right? Throwing them the football. Matt Ryan's a great quarterback, a very good quarterback. Maybe he's not elite, but he's good. He's he's a top ten quarterback in the league, and. Ben Roethlisberger is a great quarterback, you know. Don't, but but uh, Cameron Jordan doesn't think so. But Ben Roethlisberger is a great quarterback. <laughs> um, New, DeAndre Hopkins has been doing this with up until De, Deshaun Watson got there. He was doing this with bums, and and he was putting up those numbers with just guys. I don't know if those other players are just going to go out there and put up numbers with terrible quarterbacks the same way. They're great talents, but but Hopkins has clearly done the most with the least that's just that's why i think he's the best receiver in football well antonio brown proved it every time landry jones had to come in for the steelers <laughs> that no he's not going to put up those numbers with any other quarterback so yeah there you go i definitely see your point on that yeah. so yeah I'll, I'll take uh i'll take nuke and and deshaun watson in that matchup but i can see it going either way because like i said these two teams seem to be mirror images of each yeah, other and this is another one where i'm going against my want to because i really do want houston to get into that number two seed i really do yeah that'd be fun uh see what they got done on the second weekend instead of the first yeah get them in and get them into a home game in the second right and it kind of and, and make the patriots play wild card weekend make them earn it uh, on to the Falcons and the Panthers. Uh, the Falcons are eliminated. The Panthers are technically still in it, but they would need seven trillion things to happen in order to still make the playoffs. Um, and they, of course, we talked about earlier, have taken their franchise quarterback, Cam Newton, who was playing like anything but a franchise quarterback, and finally decided to acknowledge what everyone has been seeing and say he's hurt and he needs to go sit down and get something taken care of. So in steps, uh, what, what do we name him? Tyler Heineken uh, as yeah, the Heineken. New Panthers quarterback. Uh, so the Falcons at five and nine are three and a half point favorites uh, against Tyler Heineken and the six and eight Carolina Panthers. And that flipped like quick. I mean, that yeah. was Panthers by three <laughs> and oh, Cam Newton's not playing. Oh, it's Falcons by three. Oh, wow. That was a six and a half point swing because they're putting in a quarterback who can actually throw the football. Uh, Nobody knows his name. Atlanta's defense is still atrocious. I know they had a great game against the uh, Arizona Cardinals, but everybody has great games uh, against the Arizona Cardinals, except for the Packers. Um, 
that's why Mike McCarthy is going to be able to watch any of these games on his NFL Sunday <laughs> ticket, which hopefully they gave him as a complimentary, uh, you know, for his free copy of the home game, uh, so to speak. This is a lovely Winning parting with, gift. That's right. <laughs> the free copy of the home game is what he got. Um, that no, is the greatest take... line that uh, David Letterman, uh, whoever writes him, ever came up with on his top ten list. He had the uh, when Bob Barker was going through the the sex scandals when we was trying to blink <laughs> all of his skills on the show. Yeah. Uh, one of the line, the Bob Barker top ten uh, lines for his models, uh, trying to pick up lines for his models. One of them was uh, come to my backstage uh, area so I give you a lovely parting gift. <laughs> that was the good. best line that anyone ever came up with for any of Letterman's top ten. <laughs> total non sequitur there. <laughs> I like that one. No, I like it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Panthers to win. I, I think the Panthers are going to actually be able to throw the football into a very weak Atlanta secondary. And Christian McCaffrey, hey, he's a little banged up, but I have a suspicion he's going to play. Um, they're going to present all sorts of matchup problems for that Atlanta team um, who had their big blowout win at home last week against Arizona. They are wildly inconsistent, and this feels like Atlanta on the road outdoors is not a good enough team to sort of overcome that deficiency where a few years ago maybe they were. This is this is not a good Atlanta team. This is, a, this is an Atlanta team that has had to try to overcome a lot of adversity, and I think it's easy to sleep on the Panthers now because, oh, no, they don't have Cam Newton. They might be better without Cam Newton. I'll take the Panthers here. Time will tell. Uh, many, many weeks ago. Not, not better without like a healthy Cam Newton. I mean better right, without what we've seen right now. in the last month and a half. Yes, better than right now, Cam Newton, or last week or two weeks ago. With, with, with just he, Yeah, he, he's not hurt. Nothing to see here. <laughs> right now, Cam Newton, I can outthrow him. Um Many weeks ago, when things were looking much uh, much more on the up and up for the Falcons uh, in Week Two, uh, they held off the Panthers in a fun matchup down in the, uh, the the not the Georgia Dome, but the was it the Mercedes the Mercedes Dome? something? Yeah, there's two teams. There's, the Saints and the Falcons both play in a stadium called Mercedes Benz. So go figure that out. That's called we got fuck you money. We can sponsor two different stadiums. That's Mercedes, I, hey, I'm not mad at you. Uh, but in week two, the Falcons held off the Panthers 31 to 24 behind 170 rushing yards. Um, I don't know if I see them running for anything like that. Of course, they're not on the turf and then the Panthers are much more stout at home. Uh, but I guess it basically comes down to, I'm not taking Tyler Heineken. Sorry. He might be, if he's better than Cam, he'll prove it to, uh, well, he'll prove it on Sunday. I won't see it, but I'll see it when I get back. But, uh, if he is better, he'll prove it, and, and I'll, I'll eat crow. But I'm not taking him uh, against the against the Falcons, especially after what the Falcons just did. They're they're not dead yet. They're uh, they're playing out the string, but they're obviously playing for a little pride and a little something. And uh, I, I'm still sort of on the sly, on the down low, still kind of looking at Atlanta as maybe my Super Bowl pick for next year. So hopefully they're gonna Ooh. finish on a little bit of a high note and then keep going. They they looked pretty good last week, I'll tell you that. So I'll take the Falcons and give the three and a hook. On to the biggest spread of the week, which is the Rams and the Cardinals. And boy, how curious is that considering how the Rams have been playing? What would the spread be if the Rams were playing like the Rams? But uh playing like they are uh, instead, the eleven and three Los Angeles Rams fighting for 
uh, first seed in the NFC are 14-point favorites on the road at the 3-11 and 11 White Mouse Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I can't take the Cardinals. I want to. I mean, there's clearly something wrong with the Rams. The, the Rams offense, but, but this, is, this is the team that you get right against. This is the Jets, right? This is, this is the bad team that you can go and you can push around. Look what the Falcons just did to these guys. You can test your offense. You, you basically, you could scrimmage against these guys, and you better be able to blow them out by two touchdowns. Because if you can't blow these guys out, Rams, or by God, don't lose, um, you could be pissing this whole thing away. But the, the Cardinals' offense is pretty close to DFL and everything, so I don't care how bad the Rams' defense has played or been exposed. You're not going to give it up to these guys. So I, I cannot pick the White Mouse because if I do, it will blow up and they'll lose 41-3. to so you know, I'm going to take the Rams to take care of business, to get right, and and absolutely annihilate one of, if not the worst teams in football. Many, many weeks ago in week two, when things were looking much more up for the Rams, uh, they uh, at home obliterated the Cardinals 34 to nothing. But there's a very good reason for that is because the Cardinals were starting Sam Bradford as their quarterback at the time. <laughs> and he threw for a grand total of 90 yards in that game. Oh. And this isn't Sam Bradford. This is uh, Josh Rosen, yeah. who's may not be very good right now, but he's not Sam Bradford for the love of God. Uh, everything the Rams are doing is trending down right now, especially the passing game. Um, and the Cardinals are actually trending up uh, defending the pass. And Todd Gurley isn't practicing right now for the Rams. He may still play, but he's not practicing. Uh, things are not looking good at all for the Rams and I'm going to have to take those points and take the white mouse again and take the Arizona Cardinals. I'm believing them again. So if they get blown up again, that's on me again. So uh, I know what I'm getting into, but the Rams look like complete trash right now. I can't believe how terrible they played uh, against the the Eagles last week. And uh, it, it worried me because they were still trying all their timing plays. They were still running to the line and making quick snaps, and, and they were still trying to play crisp football. Like, they, they thought nothing was, was wrong. Like, they were acting like, we're good. Everything's good here. We're just going to keep doing what we do, and we're not going to really adjust anything. And, oh, look, we lost to Nick Foles in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I don't like that at all. I think Sean McVay needs some adjustments. I don't know if he's uh, got enough experience to know that he needs to make some adjustments, but uh, he may need another sort of lesson to figure it out. And then uh, not covering against the Cardinals or perhaps maybe even losing to them, maybe that'll be the thing that snaps him out of it and makes him make some adjustments. But right now it's not looking good for the, for the Rams. And I, and honestly, before the, when the week started, I, I thought this was going to be one of my picks was whatever the spread was Rams at Cardinals. I was going to take the Rams. Cause that's exactly what you were saying. That's the bounce back. That's to get right after everything that's been going on. And then I saw the spread was 14 and I said, that's too much. The way the Rams are playing, that's just too much. I'm sorry. I, I got to take the cards. Uh, Chicago and San Francisco Bears wrapping up the division, of course, last week against the Packers. Still hanging around for playoff seed. They have a chance to move up. Uh, if the Rams continue to stumble, the Bears can find themselves getting a bye in the first round. So they are motivated. Wow. They are 
Four-point underdogs at the 4-10 and 10 San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, but no, nobody's been a tougher out than these four-win 49ers at home. I mean, they do play hard, and that offense is like... Boy, howdy. That offense is just a completely different animal at home, and I think the Bears, you know, they beat the Packers. They are ripe for a letdown here. I don't know if they're you know, believing in so much that they're going to get that number, that, that number two seed. Um, but we saw them go and kind of lay an egg against the giants. I know that was a chase Daniel game, but they, they still went and they laid an egg and Mitch Trubisky. They're not winning games because of him. And at San Francisco's offense can move the football. So I think that's going to be enough for the bears to maybe win by a field goal here. So I think the bears do win, but I think the 49ers keep it close enough that they can cover that number. It's another game I wish I could watch because I really want to see that Chicago defense uh, on the road against the 49ers offense that is putting up all these big numbers with all these guys that nobody has ever heard of. Still can't believe that the Niners at this late stage of the season are still averaging four and a half yards per carry and 8.1 yards per throw. That's ridiculous for the personnel that they have out there for them to still be doing that. If George Kittle. George Kittle and Matt Breda and and guys um, and 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 Chris Mullen at quarterback. I don't know how San Fran is doing it, um, but I would love to see this game. I, I would love to see if Mitch Trubisky can perform on the road because he's been so much different uh, quarterback on the road than he has at home. Um, pro Football Focus that has the 49ers averaging 7.3 yards after the catch per reception. And if they keep that up over the last two games, that will be the best mark ever in the pro football focus uh, era. Ever. Those guys, the 49ers, that, that's just that's ridiculous. Um, I uh, not only have the Bears uh, winning but not covering, but I also have them winning by a field goal. I have 20 to 17, so I'm definitely with you on that one. You are with me. All right, so we're getting cute. I like it. Very much. Uh, New Orleans. Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, after that big win over New England, now have to go to New Orleans. So good luck, guys. But, hey, the Steelers proving once again they can play to whoever their competition is, so they may give the Saints all they can handle. Who knows? The 8-5-1 Steelers are five-and-a-half-point underdogs at the 12-2 and New Orleans Saints. And I absolutely do believe that the Steelers will play up to the level of their competition again. Uh, I know this is on the road in a tough spot, but the, the, the Saints offense has been kind of sputtering, just like the Rams offense has been sputtering. I mean, that that 12-point effort against the Panthers was not inspiring. Drew Brees is winning a lot of these games, throwing for 120 yards or 140 yards. Uh, this feels like a game that the Steelers also need more than the Saints do. So I think they come out and they're also a little bit more motivated and they're, you know, they're, they clearly have this ability to get up for the big game. You know, if this was Pittsburgh going on the road to Oakland, like uh, but, but, yeah, they lose, they lose those games, but then they can beat the Patriots. Now I, you know, they, oh God, I, I don't understand it. I wish I could understand it. I don't know what Mike Tomlin does. Uh, we criticize him enough on this show, but he'll have them ready for this game. The defense will get. The defense will be swarming. I think they'll have. They'll have some things in the in the mix. So I, they may still end up losing the game, but I think that they can keep this one close as well. 
This has that game of the week kind of feel to me. This will be a good game. Yeah, it looks like more Jalen Samuels uh, at running back for yep. the Steelers. He played uh, maybe fine. Terminator. Still not being, still not able to get back on the field. It looks like, uh, but uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has a groin uh, that he uh, that he apparently suffered in practice this week. So it looks like he's going to be iffy to go, and that actually makes a huge difference to me because for some reason Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown they haven't been in the same book for most of the season, much less on the same page. And Juju's been the guy for Ben, and if Juju is is slowed down and hurt, then that really puts a wrench in, in the Steelers' uh, passing game plans. Uh, it was an impressive defensive showing by Pittsburgh against New England. I uh, absolutely acknowledge that, but to imagine it carrying it over uh, in the Dome at New Orleans uh, for two weeks in a row, I think that's asking a lot. I think this is the bounce back. We uh, talked about some bounce back opportunities for some teams uh, earlier this week. I think this is a nice bounce back for New Orleans to start looking like New Orleans again uh, against the Steelers defense that pulled out a great effort uh, once, but I just don't imagine them doing it again. As confused as they've looked many, many times before, uh, I, I think for them to come with uh, against Tom Brady and then against Drew Brees with back-to-back great defensive efforts, uh, if they do, that'd be awesome. But I, I don't, I just don't see that happening. Uh, so that I'll, I'll have to go with Pitts, uh, uh, with New Orleans and give the five and a half in that one. Uh, on to Sunday night football. It is the Seahawks hosting the Chiefs. That should be a good one as well. Uh, Eleven and three, Kansas City still fighting for uh, first place in the uh, AFC. Uh, they got it right now, and they're trying to hold off the the Texans for that. Uh, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the 8-6 and six fighting for a playoff spot, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and you know that whoever the Chiefs play is going to be able to give them a fight because that defense is going to keep them in every game. And they're going to the, probably the most one of the most hostile. They're going from the most hostile place to come into as an opponent at Arrowhead to one of the most hostile places to go to in Seattle. And those, those fans, it's a primetime game. They're going to be ready. This is a huge game, a big opponent. But the the Chiefs are starting, I think they're starting to show those chinks in the armor that a top offense is just not going to carry you if the defense can't show up. I think the Seahawks go in and they win this game. And this is another one of those cases where I think the Seahawks are playing for more. I keep talking about these big tests for Pat Mahomes that he keeps, uh, oh, man, this environment, this game, this uh, this road situation, and he just keeps flying passing all these tests with flying colors and here's another one huge test for Mahomes in this environment at Seattle uh, as you said one of the toughest if not the toughest places to play in the NFL uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, pass coverage has cratered that does not mince words here they they were doing very well uh, at the beginning of the year and they have totally gone into the tank and now here comes uh, Tyreek Hill and the and the Chiefs, but of course it's not the same whole Chiefs offense because Kareem Hunt is missing, and they don't have to worry about that uh, particular edge, the the run edge. They can try to concentrate and just cover the passing game, and I think that makes all the difference. Uh, I'll wind up taking Seattle in this one as well. Uh, it's going to be one of those uh, rare, as far as me and my numbers, as far as me and my numbers goes, it's an elite. Uh, offense versus uh, subpar defense on both sides, running and passing. The Chiefs and the Seahawks are elite 
on offense and in running and passing, and they're also both subpar defenses running and passing. So whatever the over-under is, go ahead and take that over uh, with some certainty. And Monday Night Football, the Broncos and the Raiders, and we definitely saved the worst for last. Uh, Denver at 6-8 yeah. and eight are three-point favorites at the 3-11 and 11 Raiders. Yeah, well, we're almost out of time on this uh, two-hour football party. I'll make it brief. I have the Raiders. Murga, baby. God, I was hoping that uh, that the that Raiders uh, would have some sort of last last home game against uh, Broncos on Monday night, some sort of magic. But damn it, I, I'm I'm going to agree and go with that. And it's, weird things happen on Monday nights when it's the Raiders' last game in a. So I, I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah, we don't even know uh, where the Raiders are playing next year. No, no, we don't. London. Perhaps Mexico, Mexico City. I, I, I read somebody. Uh, it it might have been Peter King's column. Somebody uh, wonder out loud if uh, or asked call, uh, in a in an email to him and said, "Hey, what about London for Oakland next year?" And Peter King rightfully pointed out nobody is going to want to go play in London for for eight games, and no uh, road team is going to want to go. Uh, oh, by the way, you got to go to London yeah. now for your, uh, you know, uh, and and he also pointed out like the Chargers, for instance, already have to give up a home date and go to London. You think they want to come back to London <laughs> to, to go play against the Raiders? Hey, maybe uh, the Raiders could go play in San Diego. Wouldn't that be ironic? <laughs> I think San Diego hates the NFL with the passion of a thousand sons. So I don't think that's no. happening either. I don't. I don't think they want anything to do with right. the NFL. Yeah, we can't, we can't just keep putting these guys in soccer stadiums, can we? Uh, I, I guess we can uh, if the uh, if the owner some is building Bundes, a, some Bundesliga stadiums or something. The owner is building some mega mega million stadium to take the place of that soccer stadium in 2020. I guess, I guess we can keep them in there for a few years. Okay. Okay, but yeah, we we officially don't know where the Raiders. If there's the last game in Oakland, we just don't know where they're playing next year. They gotta go, so you gotta leave, and you can't stay here. <laughs> you ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get the hell up out of That's here. That's right. Um, <laughs> I don't care where you go, but you just can't stay here. I'm guessing they'll be in Vegas. They might not be in. The, they might be in a in you know the UNLV like, stadium. Or UNLV something like or something. Oh, okay, maybe. They have to play all those games at night. This will be like 150 degrees on the field. They're not going to care. It's it's they 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 just use the players and and oh, okay, do what they yeah. got to do. They'll they'll put giant fans down there and try to keep them as cool as possible. And that's about all they care about. Or hell, if it's that hot, maybe they'll actually let them have air conditioning and then they won't even have the fans. Oh well, okay. Well, that is, well, it's a football party. That's. It's over. I'm. I'm <laughs> I think you're. I think. You're, I think you're ready. You got a long day of travel ahead of you tomorrow, and I got a 12-hour work day to to finish out my work week here. So, um, man, we did it. Two hours. It's a football. It's, all, it's a preview of what we're doing next year. The football party. We're all partied out. <laughs> you got to get some dance music to start the show now. Oh. For next year, you know. Yeah, if if I win the season, which I'm on my way to doing, then uh, it would hey, be about it's not over yet. I, I understand. You got that uh, two and fourteen in you. Oh there. gosh. Oh. 
definitely trying to avoid that. But yeah, it'll be about time for me to look up uh, some some new theme music. Uh, it's been a couple of years with with this music, and we're very thankful to uh, uh, the anthemic and. Uh, trying to remember who uh, DJ Marble is, is the uh, the yeah. author had, of this particular had, piece. We've had uh, Jazar, I believe, uh, for what we had. Was it Grapes? <laughs> was, did we have Grapes, I think, was one of our oh. artists? Yeah, it definitely will fail the test of if the if the pop quiz is remembering the artists of our past theme songs. I will definitely fail yeah. that and test. And I don't know who had the sci-fi theme for the first two shows. <laughs> The it was Doctor only the Who first theme show. that you threw out there for the. It was only the first show, but that Doctor Who show theme that you, you threw out on us, yeah. You laughed at me so hard that I got rid of it after <laughs> one show. So that that only lasted one time. I, yeah, I don't remember who that was either, but uh, I'm sure the credit is on there on the first show. Oh, I'm Whoever sure it's on there when you go back. It. Yeah, because that's what we that's what we we pay the great price of free for our music <laughs> right. that goes on to this show. Hey, if someone wants to uh, give us some music and and we'll credit you and and for the low yeah. price of free, but you'll get your you'll get exposure if you want my, your music to be considered. Go ahead and, and send us an email. My daughter has the GarageBand app on her phone or on her little iPod. Maybe I'll have her write a song for the show. All right, I'm totally out of touch. What is the GarageBand app? It's an app that you get on like iPhones and iPods where it basically it's like creating music. It, it, you can ah. drop in beats and you can change instruments and you can basically from scratch create your own songs. Oh, okay. That actually sounds yeah. kind of cool for for a, for a kid. Yeah, so I'll have uh I'll have uh, you know the, the the cute factor. I'll have her drop in <laughs> I'll have her drop in a, a theme for us or something. There you go for the low, low price of free. That's right. It's child labor too. <laughs> free labor is is the backbone of of many different societies. So right. I'm certainly not going to turn iPhone, that down. No, that's ironic. Because <laughs> that was probably made by kids. I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. So in in Myanmar or something. So yeah, that'll be. Uh, be time for the cruise uh, this weekend. We'll be in New Orleans tomorrow. And uh, so where are you cruising to? We are cruising to Cozumel, Mexico, and then uh, that's on Christmas Eve. And then the next day on Christmas Day will be in uh, Progreso, Yucatan, Mexico. And, oh, you uh, can get some uh, spaghetti sauce while you're there. <laughs> different, different Progreso. Oh, and, okay. I just am way <laughs> off. And we're looking at the uh, the the big question will be the weather. We're looking at the weather for both of those days, and it's looking like mm. uh, rain, un- unfortunately, for those two days. But uh, we're gonna we're still gonna it's only water. Ourselves. Only water. It's not I'm not sure heavy rain. Still, it looks like it's sh- light rain. I'm sure it's still gonna be 85 and. I was warm, just about to say, yeah. and we're we're gonna enjoy ourselves because the temperatures are still gonna be uh, 78, 80 degrees, and. We're definitely going to be enjoying that, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I've never gone away over a, over a Christmas holiday. I, I know a lot of people who've done it, and they say it's like the best thing that you can do: travel over Christmas, kind of leave all the leave all the the you know the family obligations and stuff behind, and just go enjoy it. And so, hey, good for you. I'm glad you know. It seems like this has become your thing now over the last few years. 
I can't imagine we would do it if we had a family, if we had kids and stuff, but being just us, it's so much easier to, to run away like that. Uh, and also, don't forget, this was not the original plan. Originally, we were going to be with my family on a big oh, family right? vacation, and everyone backed out at the last minute because they got afraid of hurricanes and stuff. And we were like, in, okay, we got all In this. December? Uh, well, when the hurricane stuff started a couple months ago is when they all backed out because they got scared. Oh. And hurricane season's usually way over by now. Yes, exactly. We we knew that it wouldn't be an issue, but everyone else got, a, got, got afraid, got cold feet. And we're sitting there with all this vacation time and, and all the money that we had saved for the trip. And we're like, what are we going to do now? Okay, let's go take a cruise and let's go to Mexico by ourselves. So that's exactly what we're going to do. And we're going to enjoy the hell out of it. All right. Really looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, off the grid, we'll not be keeping up with any of the football until we get back next Thursday. And then as far as our show for week 17, where we make our uh, our, our random picks. It'll be the uh, the coin flip show, if you're not familiar with that. Uh, oh. Week 17 is such a coin flip, literally, in the NFL that we flip a coin for each and every game and see uh, if we can the beat greatest, the coin. It's the greatest week of the year for us. I mean, it is like one crazy show because <laughs> – I mean that, but but you know we just make we're making fun of the fact that if you're betting on games in week 17, you're a complete idiot. You're a degenerate, and we love you anyway. Degenerates make the world go yeah. round. Too. More often than not, that coin just kicks our ass. Yes, we finally, I think a couple of years ago, had it where both of us beat the coin. But for yeah. like the first 10 years we did the coin thing, at least one of us lost to the coin. And a lot of times yeah. it was both of us. Or the, so. I mean, the coin would go 12 and four. Yeah. Seven, the you know, coin was, would uh, dominate us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing this is our last show till what? A week from Saturday? It's going to be either Friday or Saturday. It's going to be – it's actually I was thinking about it like I'm not even going to ask you to commit right now because that's so far yeah, away. That is that something, is a ways off. Something may come up with you. Something may come up with me. So whenever I get back to land next Thursday, I'll get in, I'll get in contact with you and we'll figure out when our next show is going to be. So it'll be either next Friday or Saturday. Don't know exactly when. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that's completely fine. Because all the games week 17 are all on Sunday. There's none of this Saturday bullshit. There's no Monday night games. We're done with Thursdays. It's all the games on Sunday, plus whatever they decide to flex into that Sunday night spot. That's it. That's it. And got and, the coin flip going? You 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 got the coin flip duties again this year? Oh, uh, I believe I did do it last year, yeah. You, you um, took you the know. coin flip duties last year. If you want to do it again, that's absolutely fine yeah. with me. I am I am perfectly fine. I'm sure I can – I have to make sure it's a dime. It has to be the, <laughs> in much less detail, official I predict dime. I predict. <laughs> Was that Murph that we stole? Yeah. That, that we paid homage to? Yeah. With the I hey. Predict? <laughs> hey, cool breeze. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. So the I predict the official in much less detail I predict dime will have to will have to be unveiled next week again. So I'll go find a dime. I'll go raid the <laughs> wait, what are my kids piggy banks or something. I'll go. put it back. I'll put it back. I'll keep it. Don't don't worry. They'll put it back. Well, so go to New Orleans tomorrow. But my, but my second favorite food city um, that I've ever traveled to. 
Because um, obviously I can't. I'm a homer for Chicago, but for travel wise, yeah, the New Orleans number two. All the places I've been by far number two. San Francisco is number one uh, for food, um, but New Orleans just dynamite. Yeah, go have a po' boy and some beignets and crawfish etouffee and just go crazy. And then and then and then just sit in your cabin <laughs> for three days. And, <laughs> Reap the benefits that's, of that. No, that's the thing is that we we can't go crazy uh, in new in our one night in New Orleans because we're about to get on a cruise and there's just <laughs> endless amounts of food on a cruise, so you can't go crazy in one city because Man. it's going to be six days of but, a cruise. But if you're gonna go crazy in a <laughs> in a city for food, it's New Orleans. Oh sure, yeah, that, that's what I've heard. And neither one of us have just, ever been to New Orleans, so it's so different. And that's the thing is like the food is unlike anywhere else, you know, like I mean, I was talking about like how good the food in San Francisco was. It was your normal food, just better than anywhere else you can get it. That's right. how good the food was in San Francisco. But it was pretty much just variations on what you'd expect, you know, like chicken, steak and fish, and soup, and you know, and all that stuff. But New Orleans that you get stuff in New Orleans you can't really get anywhere else or, or places that try to copy it, but they, they fail. That's like trying to get a, a Chicago-style deep dish pizza outside of Chicago, right? Oh, my God. I was just talking to the Chris on Facebook about it because he was complaining about uh, some variation of Chicago food in Portland where he lives now. And he was like, this is not even close to Chicago. And I was Wait, like, Chris, you? Chris from school? Yeah. Yeah, they, they live out wow. in Portland now, him, him and his wife. And Man. I forget I forget what Chicago food he was complaining about in Portland. And he was like, this isn't even close. And I responded back to him, you would la- have a belly laugh at what passes for Chicago-style deep dish pizza down here in Memphis. Because <laughs> it's not even That's close. not a pizza city. No, just not at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pizza Hut. Domino's, Little Caesars, oh, it's probably God. pizza for you down, you know? Bite your tongue. No, I, but but I know I know what you're saying, is that the local pizza in Chicago is so much better than those chains, but in Memphis, it's really not. The The local pizza down here is about the same as, as a Domino's or a Little Caesars. You're right about yeah. that. Well, just I remember, I you know, the offer still stands. When you when you come to Chicago for baseball, make sure you bring the wife, because I owe you guys a really good dinner, so... I uh, got to keep that in mind. Yeah, we we certainly plan to be up there in uh, in April. You know, things yeah. of course can change, but that's what we plan uh, to come March back. It's March thirtieth, just so you know. Wait, what? The draft is, that... is March thirtieth this year. When does the season start? Uh, that week. Oh, like there are so games that... like March twenty eighth. So I was pretty sure I had an email from Commission that said March thirtieth is going to be the auction this year. Whoa. Okay. So it's about wow. a week earlier than what was normal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Coincides. For me, that that's actually really nice. Cause that's the week my kids are on spring break. So I'm taking that whole oh. week on vacation. So, but yeah, March 30th. So oh, I'll that may change, to... but oh, that's, that's important what I'm to figure out I... for when I apply for vacation time to, to know that yeah. it's not going to be the week that I thought it was. Going I am, to be. <laughs> I am fairly certain and I can go back and try to dig it up, but I'm fairly certain that I have an email from him that said that we were looking at the greatest day in sports being Saturday, March 30th this year. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm glad are, I talked to you about it because there's some, there's a, there's actual, I think the season starts 
on. Let me just look this up here. Because that usually will tell you when it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like when the actual season starts. Uh, I guess I could look up. Oh, schedule. Hey, how about that? Alrighty. Can I just do it by calendar? There we go. March. Yeah, there are. Okay, it's so hard to tell when these are. Like, are these like. Ah. The free radio you get, folks. It just, it's hard to tell sometimes. Okay, some of these, it's like, okay, the teams are playing, clearly playing against minor league teams. But oh, then yeah, by the time, don't... okay, right. So they by the time it gets, so Wednesday, so Wednesday the 27th, there are no games on the schedule. So everybody okay. will be playing, uh, and, and by the, then when it turns over to March 28th, it is all major league games, and it mm-hmm. is a series of games. So basically, so it's like you actually can see where it is an actual schedule that's being played. It's even, and it's got the, uh, it's got the one, it, it's got like the one interleague game. Yeah. So it is that yeah, Cubs and Rangers start the season on the 20th. Yeah, so March 28th, Thursday, March 28th is the official start of the season this year. So I, that's why I was uh, almost, I'm almost a hundred percent certain it's March 30th for the, for the draft. So just be prepared. Yeah. That's the shocking part to me is that the draft is two days after the regular season starts. It's never that early for us. Right. Yeah. So I know, uh, I know we will, but I'll definitely be down there. I just don't know for if I'm going to be down there for a few days beforehand or if I'm going to be going down there on Friday. Still trying to figure that all yet. All right. Well, we got time to figure that out. Uh, and we got time before week 16 starts on Saturday. Uh, everybody enjoy your football. Uh, and I'll definitely enjoy my cruise uh, down to Mexico and be back in the middle of next week on Thursday. And we'll pick up week 17. Our next show for our week 17 picks will be next weekend. It'll be either Friday or Saturday. We'll figure that out sometime down the road. But for now, it's off to New Orleans for me and off to uh, Christmas for everybody else. Uh, Christmas coming up on Tuesday. So yeah, wish you definitely and your family a, a, a Merry Christmas. And same to you and happy birthday. Thank you. You get, be, be, uh, you get to be old for two weeks. Old hey, man. respect your elders. And yeah, that'll be Saturday when uh, when I when I actually take off on the boat. I I don't know what they're gonna do for me on the boat, but they do have a section where you can say you know what occasion is this cruise. And I it, it's not for my birthday the whole cruise, but I just put it anyway just to see what they do. And so maybe there'll be decorations or, or something or, or cake at, at dinner or something like that. So we'll see if they do anything for me. So oh, let's we, whatever they do, carnival, take care of us. You're on notice. If you don't treat us right, it's not going to go well when I get back. Trust me. Oh, boy. Nope. Yeah, we oh, we've to... been there. Yeah, we, we don't uh, – an hour of that, we, we've definitely been there. Uh, we don't want any but shit you had a great time. Don't... <laughs> uh, really, I had an awesome time. <laughs> we, don't want any... we don't want to be on CNN for this cruise. Trust me. Uh, yeah, no, anyway. no capsizing boats. Yeah, no, no engines on fire, uh, none of that. All right, that's the end of the football. (laughs) 
He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Enjoy your football. Enjoy your Christmas. And we will be back next weekend to pick week 17 in the NFL. Everybody snap your fingers. And we'll see you next week. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring. Snowing and blowing up bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell time and jingle bell time. Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.